Hello, 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 and welcome to the 52 Week Film Project. This is our halfway bonanza. We are now 26 episodes into the project. Will, we are halfway there. How are you feeling? Really good. This is so exciting. Did you think we'd still be sat here doing this? Because Not, honestly, no. But then also, we bought an Odeon Limitless Pass for a year. So yeah, we, we had to. We kind of stuck. Like, um, I, I think it's insane. Like, I have a long history of kind of starting new things and then not really seeing them through. I mean, we're talking the guitar, we're talking hockey, we're talking all sorts of kinds of hobbies. And this we've been doing for over six months now. It's incredible. Like, all the, all the time that's passed in our lives, especially we started this podcast just after we'd finished our exams at university. Um, we'd, we did it just before our, even our graduation ball. Our graduation ball, we did Batman Ninja. Um, just after it or just before it. So we've been doing this a long time. We now both have jobs. We're now both working in London. It's all very surreal. Like our, our life has have transformed, but yet this podcast has carried on and been such an enjoyment to both of us. It's great. No, it's, it, 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 yeah, you're right. Our lives have massively changed. I mean, I just had a quick look on our Instagram feed and the day that we went to go and see our first film for the podcast, which was Solo, a Star Wars story, was the 28th of May. Wow. It is the 1st of December as we are recording this. Now, you know, it's not truthfully our 26th week. We did take a lazy week once, sometime around week 10. And we also kind of should have brought this episode out last week. But yep. we kind of, you know, we messed you around a little bit. We gave you a cheeky 25.5. But we got um, a bonus episode. We, yeah, we're doing bonus episodes and now. And also, we are reviewing more than one film a week some weeks. Exactly. We have yes. actually reviewed, we were just talking about this, we've reviewed 34 films. Plus Maniac as a TV Plus show. Maniac so 35 TV. items in total that we've, we've reviewed for you, which is much more than our 26 weeks, which is great. I think it means that we're producing good content and just churning it out. Just, just a non-stop powerhouse of podcasting. Extravaganza! Um, but this week, we kind of, you know, we have got a little review for you, but we haven't got a new film review. We kind of wanted to take an episode to have a little bit of a party and kind of <laughs> go back over what we've been doing, the highs, the lows, the blood, the sweat and the tears. Um, one of the first things we are keen to do, and the reason we're keen to do this at the beginning of the episode is because we kind of want to get on and start drinking. Correct. Because uh, this is a party. <laughs> Me and Will have both chosen ingredients today to make our own movie-themed cocktail based on one of the movies that we have previously reviewed on the project. Now, we've got them in front of us. They are looking a bit shit. I know. I know. No, um, yours looks beautiful. Like, the actual well, cocktail itself. Thank you very much. It looks, it looks like, a, like a daiquiri of some description. Well, shall I, all right, should we, explain. Explain. Shall I tell you about yeah, my yeah, cocktail yeah. then? So let me get... Uh, let, me, uh, let me have a quick taste of this. So it can have an imbue, Is this your first imbues taste? me with the strength to, you know, really write home about it. <laughs> right, so... Oh, it actually tastes pretty good. Good. Tastes well better than I expected it to be. So I have got in front of me a passion fruit martini. It has been made with good old-fashioned Sainsbury's basic vodka. Nice. And a funking, 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 uh, kind of cocktail shaker thing, which is like a premix. Um, and then I've also got some Nerds sweets, green and red Nerds sweets, kind of decorating the side of the glass. Um, now, will. All you need to know to try and guess this are the four ingredients. So you've got passion fruit martini. I said mojito a minute ago, my bad. Vodka, some ice, 
and red and green nerds. Do you have any idea what film this cocktail is based on? Now it is. I am clutching at straws, <laughs> and it is a, it is a thinker. Well, that's what that's the problem is. I'm I'm trying to think. So originally, so I, the original thing I saw was the smiley face, and I thought venom. And I thought maybe acid of some yeah, description, so that's what... For context, I've taken the nerds and I've arranged them into kind of a face yes. on a plate. Um, so you you thought it could be Venom. It I is th- quite a menacing, menacing it's plate. It's quite a menacing face, but I, I mean, don't it looks think delicious. that's a film. But I can't... Because you said it's based on the ingredients. So the face is merely decoration. So each of the ingredients, except... All right, fine. Like, let's discount the vodka because there isn't really any direct reason except you know to get me pissed um but the other ingredients the ice the red and green nerds and the passion fruit martini they each have a reason that combines as to the film that i've chosen right um I'm, are we talking about the colors are we talking so Ooh, red we, could, and green. we could be talking about the colors oh okay we could, okay we, we could okay be, we could be talking metaphorically we could be talking all sorts. Oh, okay. So that wasn't a clue. That was just you try. That, that was oh, just. Okay. You... Oh no no, it's, it's, it's a clue. It's a clue. Okay. Otherwise, we're going to be here forever. Clearly. <laughs> okay. So if I'm looking through the film list, mm. and I am looking through the film Delicious. list, because uh, we have done a lot of these, um, I think. Go on. What's your? Uh, what is your guess? I'm going to go with. Ooh, oh, this is I'm intense. Gonna go, I'm going to go with Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Why? Because of the the colours of all the individual superheroes. Like Beast Boy is green, Robin is red, Orange is Starfire, etc. That's my guess. I'm going to be completely <laughs> wrong, aren't I? Oh, you know what, mate? If only I had made this exact same cocktail with that exact reasoning behind it, because it's so much, so much better than what I've decided. No, it's not Teen Titans going to the movies. Do you want one more guess before I tell you? Um, okay, right. Yes, I am. Okay, so we're talking about colours. I'm going to talk oh, about I mindset. Didn't say, ooh. All right, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to have some more drink. Um, if we're talking about colours, the only films that I can see colours being a, a significant part of them are... Incredibles, Ma- Maniac. Is no, it Maniac? No, it's not Maniac. Do you want one more stab and then I'll tell you? Uh, three guesses. Okay, rule of three. I'm going to get this right. Um, the only other film that I can think of this being vaguely, and this is vague. <laughs> this, is very, <laughs> this is very vague. Goddamn vague. Come on, come on, give it to me. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Because you know the th- you know the scene where they go, London, Paris, and they've got the shooting up, and they're in different colours of the yes, rainbow. Yes, yes, yes. It looked look like a PowerPoint. Yes. Right. That's not it, is it? <laughs> oh, shit. No, so the... It's a real shame, actually, because, you know, I'm, it's probably going to take a bit of explaining now. My <laughs> cocktail is based on the Grinch. Now, I think the main thing that threw you was the fact that the cocktail actually came out orange. Now, I was trying to find some green food dye, but I just couldn't find any. Um, The reason I chose the ingredients are the ice, the crushed ice, because he lives on an icy mountaintop. Yep. Uh, The passion fruit martini, because what is it that the Grinch is most passionate about in life? Not Christmas. (laughs) Stealing Christmas. And what day is it today? December the 1st. First day of Advent. Ah. and the face that i've made out of the red and green nerds is kind of meant to be the grinch's face but also is meant to be the colors of christmas that he hates and kind of represent the who the whoville 
residents that he just despises and well they're, in, they're in their thousands well and there's done. tons of nerds well there. when i first looked at the face i thought venom because it's that that's the trailer face yeah i get that. that i get that's that. the sort of the grimace smile mm -hmm. you've created a masterpiece jake i'm very impressed. go on mate hit me with your cocktail okay so my cocktail um doesn't look as nice as yours i'm just gonna have a taste as well hang on do, 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 do. i've i'm um, jake has prepared his a nice wine glass i've got, gone for the tumbler <laughs> nice i like that um, authentic how's it taste Actually, really nice. I'm really good. Not expecting that. Uh, you see the ingredients. This shouldn't be this nice. Um, okay, tell me, again, tell me what's in it. So, what is in this cocktail is, uh, and again, you can guess this by the ingredients. And again, it's sort of tangent metaphor. It's not related to names or etc. Okay, okay. The ingredients to this are um, relentless mango. Um, is it, is it emphasis on the mango or no? Emphasis on the relentless and not emphasis on the mango. Okay, the mango right. is flavouring, not for... Okay, just um, for, you know, just for oh, per yeah, personal that's taste. It. That's it, personal taste. Yeah, you know right, what? Right. I want to get classy. Um, WKD Blue and Caribbean Ooh. Twist. And what I've also... And Caribbean Twist. You fucking 14-year-old, you. <laughs> Stick on that. Stick on oh, that. Oh, Stick oh, on oh, that. Well, the right Stick on you. that. And oh. I've also got a dip dab, which a is... A dip dab? Yes, a dip a di dab. A dip dab. A dip dab. Oh, it's not called a dip dab. A dip dab. You're saying new things every time you say it. <laughs> I thought it was a dip dab or a di I thought it was a dip dab. Is that right? No, a, a sherbet dip dab. Dib two B's. Or, or is it dip dab? I, oh, it bollocks. Dip -dab. I think I've got it wrong. <laughs> oh no. Um, oh, that's embarrassing. Um, okay, so yes, I've also put the sherbet from the dip dab in the drink because okay. and actually it's quite, created quite a nice aftertaste, although it did clump earlier on and I was worried it just was gonna look like shaving foam. Alright. Um, so my <sighs> My initial idea when you said the relentless energy drink was the Predator because that film just didn't fucking stop moving and it was just, it was fucking relentless. Hey. Is it right? No. Bollocks. You have three guesses. Um, ooh, do, do, do. The next thing I, you said WKD, right? Which is blue. Yes. Even though your glass is looking incredibly muddied with all the other yes. horrible things in it. Caribbean Twist as well, which is tropical and has a beach on it. Is it the Meg? It's not the Meg. I understand oh, why you get fuck. there. Oh, God, we can't um, not both. Okay, I'll give you, I'm not going to give you a clue, but I'm just going to say stick on the vibe you were going with about the 14-year-old drink. 14-year-old drink. Um, but I don't. how does that relate to any of the films we've seen, man? Like, I'm just scrolling through things. I'm thinking Ant-Man and the Wasp. No, that's ridiculous. That would have honeycomb in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. Uh, oh. Slaughterhouse Rules. I, I can see how you got because that. it's got kids in it. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, that's a good guess. Um, it isn't that. Okay, so what is it then? We both failed. I know it's such a shame, but I think that it shows our intelligence that we both failed because we we went outside the box, both of us. We were quite analytical there, right? Yeah, um, we won't be in about an hour's time. The film is been so long. Been so long because why? It's, because I wanted to create a cocktail. <gasps> oh, that's really fucking clever. I've just figured it out. Yeah, because it's it's sort of the drinks that you drink when you're fourteen. Like first time getting drunk, yeah, like, or, or the dip, the I can't even say that dip dab. I'm gonna say it like that from now on. Um, that you have when you're like younger. It was the association of like the, having it when you were younger, but also that sort of stupid like laddie test that you could do. That's why I put the Caribbean twist and the WKKD in. Um, I wanted it to be like a film that was from long ago, like a, a long time ago. Um, you, we used to drink this drink because I don't think I've had Caribbean twist since That's my so 16th clever, birthday, man. 
Because it's, no, it's been years. It's literally been so long since you've had those drinks. I can't remember the last time I had Caribbean Twist. Exactly. I'm Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I, I bought WKD Blue as a nostalgia thing about uh, 20... Um, about my 20th birthday or something. So it's not tragic. been too long. Yeah, really tragic. <laughs> um, it was really nice, actually, but it doesn't get you drunk, what I've discovered, which is why I had not to put Caribbean twist in as well, because I thought, you know what, that might do me, do me something. But Thank I'm just going to be on sugar high by the end of this. Yeah, podcast. mate, we're, we're going to be buzzing until like, the last 15 <laughs> minutes of the episode where we'll both crash. Um, did you have any other ideas when you were thinking of them? Like, I mean, I thought of some that I thought, well, blowing my own trumpet, I thought were quite fucking funny, but were just completely infeasible. Oh, go on. Like... I really wanted to just buy a bottle of absinthe and pour it into a pint glass and that one just refer to the film you were never really here. <laughs> because if we recorded with a pint of absinthe, we might as well have not been there. No, exactly. Who knows what we would have said? <laughs> I, I dread to think what we would have said. Uh, one of mine was so the winter to my skin. I was going to get a wintry drink and then just sellotape it to me, <laughs> um, which I would have really liked to do. But I also thought it was quite impractical. <laughs> We've got recording equipment. We're recording in your dad's office. Just don't want to get messy. Oh my god! Um, I also thought um, I really want. I haven't got a lot of money at the moment. I really wanted to cheap out and just do aquarella and just buy a bottle of Fiji water. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Why Fiji water? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I want sun class. Yeah, exactly. Um, put an ice cube in it. Um, the other idea that I had was um, Fantastic Beasts, and I just wanted to grind some meat um, into a cocktail. <laughs> but I thought that would just would not be nice. Like, meat and vodka, I'm sure that there's some delicacy that does it. Probably have it in, I don't know, end of Siberia. It's probably something that's been on Mad versus Food, isn't it? Do you know what? Huel is probably made of vodka and beef. Huel, what, the nutritional shake supplement? That the fact that you called it a nutritional a, shake supplement just it a, is but like people are going to be like what the fuck is Huel unless I explain it yes um, Huel is a pyramid scheme that I <laughs> fell foul of for a few months um, but had quite a healthy few months yeah like it was good um, but just ate liquid yes, yes. <laughs> that's literally what it is um, the only other one that I really really wanted to do and I, I it was what I was going to do in Sainsbury's when we were looking around for ingredients uh, but I just couldn't find the bit that was like really crucial um, I wanted to do, the, to do the old man and the gun and I wanted to do like an espresso martini or something old like that, like a caramel based liqueur or something with just Werther's originals around because oh. that's like the most old person sweet ever and like a licorice gun. Um, just kind of like put on the side, the side of it. You would have got it instantly, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, but it probably would have been, it, it probably would have tasted quite nice. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, my, my last one that I thought, but this is impractical and it wouldn't have happened is I wanted to do Yardy and just get one of those Yard pint glasses. You know the ones that you, you get in like pubs and you have to drink like from a distance and otherwise yes. it will slosh in your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. Um, those like tube things. With yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the tube. I, I think some pubs the still tube. have them. The tube. But I was I never did sport at university, That's so I've never Oxford done one. boys club thing, isn't it? Yeah, Bullington club kind of thing. Yeah, I, can't, yeah, yeah. I, couldn't, I can't stand that kind of drinking. I just really struggle. Like I'm much more happy drinking slowly drinking and then just getting much more drunk than all those rugby lads can handle. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so those are my three. I had, a, I had a great time looking in. So the context of this is that we um, had Oscar there, um, Jake's my, brother. My younger brother. Um, who essentially was there so that we, so that he could shepherd us into the, the place, but also could let us know if we'd chosen the same one and then we'd have to change again. He, he was the go-between. Like, we'd tell Oscar what film we were thinking of making and how, and then he'd go and chat to the other person around the corner in the the, the 
bakery aisle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And okay the whole situation. And then I'd go out Sainsbury's while Jake was choosing. Then then Jake would come out and I would go in to pick my drinks. Um, it's very, very good. I, yeah, I'm, well, I'm very, very impressed. I, I'm um, very happy with mine. I'm already pouring myself a second. That's not a second. That's a third. Well, we said we wouldn't do this on, <laughs> on record. You wouldn't do this. You wouldn't um, do this. Okay, well, we both failed, but we had a good time doing it. So, on to the next part of the party. Party! Um, one of the things we were thinking about when we were kind of planning this episode and looking back on it all was how it all started. And obviously, as Will said earlier on, we started at the end of university. We started after Will had handed in his dissertation. And because he was a privileged English lit student, he didn't have any exams in his final year. I finished um, in May. It was wonderful. Absolute bollocks. Absolute bollocks. <laughs> um, whereas this poor sod, like the rest of us, had to do four exams. We actually started thinking about the podcast idea. Um, well, it's something that we both wanted to do for a long time, but never really kind of grabbed the ball by the horns. Mm. And then around April time, we were like, fuck it, let's just do it. Like the equipment's not that expensive. Let's buy a bunch of stuff and go and see a few films and just see where it takes us. Um, and obviously you've got experience in acting. You've done like a load of performances at, at uni and stuff. It's, it's very much a new thing for me. I mean, I can talk people's faces off as you well know. And as most of our listeners probably well know, shout out to anyone whose face I've talked off in the past. It's <laughs> probably most of you. Um, but I'd never done anything like this. So it wasn't, it was very nerve wracking, uh, but it was also so exciting. And I remember coming dangerously close to just not really doing my final year revision because we were so engrossed in this. And we had so many like pub trips where we'd sit there with our laptops and like work out what we were going to do or think about like what our name was going to be in our design. Um, and I actually dug out some of those notes, mate. Um, it, that God. was but the time gone past. That was ages ago. When we were originally thinking of this podcast, it was just... Like such a such a long time ago, but also like the original ideas we were bouncing around. Well, like, mate, it's I just mean, not the podcast that is now alive today. No, one hundred and and for, like thank God. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I know. Um, so I thought it'd be quite funny to talk about some of it. So I've got these notes where we were talking about our theme tune. So we wanted theme music for quite a long time. And it's something, obviously, we've got some brilliant intro-outro music done by Lakey Inspired, shout out him. Uh, but we haven't kind of designed our own. We wanted to do a critic quote soundtrack. And we wanted to do a news soundtrack, like just a couple of bites. Um, and we've got a few talented friends and singers that were, you know, interested in doing it. If we kind of, you know, persuaded them nicely. Uh, we never got around to doing that, and it's something that we definitely should do. Correct. Um, and it's something that we will do going into the second half of the project. Um, but I found some of our notes when we were thinking about, like, if we were going to ask some of our mates to kind of, you know, do something for us, mock something up, like, what would we want? And I found the the most generic, confused <laughs> concept for some 52-week film project music. So the notes, right, they say, theme, 15 seconds-ish bit of drumming and bit of guitar or bit of drumming and bit of piano and then in brackets saxophone saxophone <laughs> wow and then that after is... that after that it says evening dining style what the fuck does that mean now this is poor like for context to our listeners i played the clarinet till grade seven I sing in musical theatre and I've got a grade five in musical theatre. Oh, a... No, 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 but I'm also going to compliment you in a bit. Um, oh, grade... shit, that's gra... awkward. <laughs> um, grade five, um, I have grade five music theory and I played the piano for a while. Jake has previously played the drums and also was one of, well. the, one of the uh, uh, editors on a 
independent music um, album review blog. Oh, is that correct? Man. Is that correct? No, but this is... So this we know a bit about music, and that's all we could come up with? Mate. That's it. <laughs> when great minds collide. I know. It clearly doesn't that. always work, does Evening it? Evening music and saxophone? <laughs> I know. Um, also, we don't know any mates who play the saxophone. I, I, well, I sure as hell don't. Yeah. I think I think in the, in our heads, we ha- we were living with Jean, um, who is a DJ and slash producer. Um, he probably shout get, out, John. Yeah, shout out, John. He'd probably get he's annoyed a, he's a true He's a true believer. He's a true listener. I, he probably would get annoyed if I described him as a DJ over being a producer, but it's fine. It's all fine. Um, he... He would. We probably just thought he would just make, make something up for us, but like it's very complex to craft music. And if we gave him that, I think he'd just laugh at us. Oh, absolutely. Mate. <laughs> he'd, probably, he'd probably go on to like freesounds.com and download something and give it to us. And we'd be like, wow, that's so inspired. How long did it take you? And he'd be like, a week. Like, you know, you'd just buy me some beers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I would do. Um, I also found some of our original name ideas. Wow. Now, this is cringe. We we went through so many name ideas and this was, you know, obviously you can't really put a podcast out there until you have a name. You've got to, you've got to have a title, right? But what I found so interesting looking back at these is so many of them, the ideas that we had, are so far off the mark that A, it made me think when we thought of 52-week film projects, the reason it was so like yeah perfect let's do that was because it really was the one good idea we had yeah. and also said what it does on the said what, says what it does on the tin correct you finish that because <laughs> <laughs> i could you, not you, get that you, you drink you drink <laughs> um, but two it made me think surely it's more productive if you're trying to find a name that really represents what you're doing as a new podcaster to record a load of episodes and then decide the name once you found your rhythm Mm. Now, we've both gone back and listened over some of the episodes recently, and I've taken the brunt of the early episodes. And 100% what I found was around the fourth or fifth episode, so around the time we were reviewing Hereditary and Ocean's 8, we kind of got into our stride. We understood what we were doing. We got our groove, and yeah. We, we, yeah, we got our groove, 100%. And then on episode seven, which was You Were Never Really Here, we introduced the news for the first time. And that was kind of when we really fell into the pattern we're in currently, which I like to think is working quite well. We're having having a damn good time doing it and we're getting some good feedback. But if I I feel as though if we hadn't come up with the name that we've got that we love so much, it would have made sense to kind of wait a while, record a load of episodes and then know truly what we were and Mm -hmm. what what kind of name we'd need. Because some of these, my fucking God, like these do not represent what we do at all. No. And they are so... Or who we are as people. So I'll just reel some off. Um, And I want you, Will, to make a mental note of the ones that you think are the worst. Like, how how did we even think of naming it that? Well, I'm I'm trying to remember back to what we thought, because I remember that we had some truly terrible ones, but I can't really visualise what we actually put down pen on paper. So we found that we we had a... I found a final list, which was like all the names that we kind of at least borderline liked including 52 week film project um and these are some of them uh, brace yourself you're in for a hell of a ride i'm braced unqualified professionals okay making ends meet it's a podcast about dis- they're describing the meat industry um not a <laughs> podcast about films visual 
Alchemy. Oh, I remember Visual Alchemy. Now, the, I, I hate saying this. I fucking loved that name. <laughs> I, I must have been high. Like, I had to have been stoned out of my head with you and John to think that that was a good idea. And I remember Ollie being, like, Ollie, my girlfriend, being really polite and sort of saying, no, it's, it's clever, but I just don't really think it's right for you. Very diplomatic. Shout out, Ollie. Well done, Ollie. Um, reviews from a small room. Now, bear in mind, I think we liked this one when we came up with it because, A, we're both quite big Bill Bryson fans and it, it reminds us of that, like, Notes from a Small Island, yeah. and, like, the series of books that he wrote. But also, we literally were doing reviews in a small room for the first few weeks. We were in my uni room, which was the downstairs front room of this tiny house with no insulation, ambulances, like, careening past every 20 seconds outside. I remember you had... And it was, you, it was tiny. You had a bay window. So you had a double bed, and then you had a desk with a bay window. We had to move the desk out and meet and put me and you behind the bay window. <laughs> and, you, and, and you I just couldn't move. I vaguely could fit. Like, my leg was, like, on top of the desk, essentially. I had to get my legs into a position where I could, I could sit comfortably and have a laptop and have notes. Me and Jake's laptop was battling, plus all the podcast equipment, which we had at the time, and we were using the same podcast equipment. We've now bought new podcast equipment if you want to do a Skype call, but we're using the same Skype um podcast equipment that we used in the first episode which is great um it's nice it's nice speaking into these mics but it's there was so much equipment on those desks i don't know how on earth we recorded in that room it was unreal yeah it was unreal. but so small um, review in a small room or whatever reviews from a small room yeah good good idea and good concepts we, we weren't going to be in the small room forever the irony is i think we're <laughs> I think we're actually in a like we we record in my like upstairs loft room mm. most of the time now when we're together when we're not on Skype. We're in a smaller room than we were. At the <laughs> um, I don't know why we've kind of got it in our head that we left a small room and we're now in this luscious huge open area where. Well, your room was not your room was bigger, but it it, it also had a bed in the way. it contained a bed and it contained yeah, shelves right. and it contained all of that. Anyway, onto a few more of the names just quickly. We've got the principle of favorability. Ooh, I think that was that was the name that we had the idea for when Stephen Fry was confirmed to join us. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that sounds about it is, right. It, it's a, it, you know. <sighs> It's a real shame for him that he didn't get involved in the end. And also, as our, a gold our podcast is, I think we do some fantastic illusions, but we're not urbane and like like Stephen Fry is. And it, that sounds like we're going, this week we're going to talk about the science of life yeah, using right. Aristotle's principles. Island discs. Literally. Oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, too many opinions, little outlet. Nice. That's almost like you're selling yourself short yeah. before you're even reviewing anything. That one's terrible. Ripe Tomatoes, reviews from off the bandwagon. I always liked that one because it was a bit of a dad joke. Mm. And one of the things that we kind of, one of the things we really cared about when we started the podcast, I still do, it's kind of a mantra we live by, is we really don't like the Rotten Tomatoes culture of kind of films being reviewed on spectrum basis. So they're either the best film of 2018 or they're the worst film of a decade. Or people going onto their laptops before they want to watch a film and checking out the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, exactly. Reading way too much about a film before they see it. And, and actually, we'll go on to our ratings of films later because it's really interesting to see what we've reviewed really well in this first half and what we've reviewed really badly. Mm. There are also, we've identified some anomalies that are just like, we were not thinking straight when we reviewed that film, which we will discuss. Um, but across the board, we've been pretty good. Like, a lot of our reviews kind of tend to land 
on films we like, our reviews tend to land in the six, seven range. Yes. Out of ten. And I think that there's a, there's a culture nowadays. If someone was asking you if you know you've been to see a film, was it worth going to see? What would you rate it out of ten? You said six out of ten. They'd probably be like, oh, I might give it a miss. But why? Correct. Because that means that like an overwhelming majority of the film you were you really enjoyed. You know, it wasn't perfect. Yeah. But it was good. And I think in the in this culture of we have Netflix now, we have Amazon Prime Video, we have Hulu, we have all these streaming services and people are not going to the cinema as much to watch new releases. I think it's very important to do a new release film podcast like we're doing to to show show people like you need to go to the cinema and see these films just because they're not reviewed the best it's not about that it's about watching a film at the cinema and experiencing that some of the films that we've rated at the cinema like um you and never never really here no we haven't we didn't go to the cinema for that but for films of that of the way we've rated really really highly well, a, a star is born for a example. star is born for example that's a film that that you have to see on a very specific moment where you're feeling whole within yourself that you can't you can be broken with that that film if you're going after work and you're sad and it's it's been a difficult day you can't watch a star is born because it will crush you whereas or you won't have the patience exactly to be ex- like to accept it into your kind of yeah so our rate our ratings being of uh, saying that we like a six and a seven are like read are still really really important because it's all about the mood that you're wanting to watch the film in um, that's I think that's what differentiates our podcast from other ones. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's our niche. That was our, that's niche. our niche. Niche. Our oh, mate, Americans say niche. It was. It, I I heard it. In a Americans say the niche. Other day. What they say? That's it's your, niche. That's your niche. What? I'm Ni- outraged. Sorry, yeah. that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, what can shoot, you do? Shoot it through somebody's final original yes, name ideas. Yes. Um, the Midas Touch. Armchair assessment. That was my, <laughs> that was my dad's that was my dad's idea. Oh bless um, him! Lights, camera, criticism. No, that's like if we no. were the TMZ of movie reviewing podcasts. Yeah, or fourteen, which I'm pretty sure is TMZ. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the final one that I've got written down here, which I think is quite funny, is Will, Jake, and multiple fourth wall breaks. I like that. We that's are great. quite meta. We try to be. I don't think sometimes it's as successful as we want it to be. No, I, I actually maybe we're just a bit more third person than we are meta yeah maybe maybe um jake said while staring into will's eyes the lust was incredible (laughs) um Um, but yes so the general conclusion there is we had a lot of shit ideas and we struck gold with the 52 week film project it does what it says on the tin um what we've created from it is an amazing graphic graphic thanks to our wonderful graphic designer it's just wonderful. I, what's the name of the guy who did the design? I can't remember again. Uh, Misha Lopes. Misha Lopes. He's wonderful. Anyway, he did a great thing. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. That was the worst clink of glasses. Well, also our microphones are so far away that probably didn't register. It probably just was like a, a tiny. It's probably just like the equivalent of something happening downstairs <laughs> to the listener. Uh, right. Anyway, we. Obviously, we have to bring you a review, even though we're going through and we've got all sorts of things coming up in this episode. We've we just got... have to give you a review. <laughs> like, we like what a film podcast, we just have to do it. I don't know. Like we're just, oh, wait, we're oh, crazy. Wait. We're crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what were you expecting? <laughs> like, we're just going to do a review. Like, see how it goes. Anyway. Um, no, but the point I was trying to make was we've got a crazy <laughs> load of stuff happening in this party. We've got news trivia coming up later. Kind of, me and Will are going to 
quiz each other on some of the hottest topics we've discussed. Are on the we going to call this episode the Week 26 Party? Yes, we are. Yeah, because it's a the party. Halfway party. The halfway party. party. The party. I've got a smiley um, face out, out of um, nerds. It's wonderful. It's a party. Uh, wait, I have some nerds if you want. Go for it. I, I can't reach. Uh, you, can't, you can't reach. Them. I'll, I'll throw some to you in a bit. Thanks. Um, you know, we've got most savage critic quotes. We're going to discuss some of the like the sickest burns the, of the films that we've watched in the last 26 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll go with that. Sickest yeah. burn. Martini's working. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're going to talk about the ratings, as we said, and we're also going to talk about our predictions for what we think are going to be the best and worst films of the second half of the 52-week film project going yes. into the next six months. But before we do that, as we said, we've got to give you a review. Um, we decided this week uh, that we were going to... We weren't going to go and see something in the cinema. We were just going to go down to our local Poundland. We were going to blindfold Will... And Will was going to randomly pick a £1 DVD from the shelf of Poundland Leatherhead. Now, there was a rule to this. The rule was that if it was a film that me and Jake have seen before, we don't pick it out. Yeah. And that not, not in terms of, like, if one of us like have seen it. Like, if it's a film that we've watched a multiple amount of times, we're not going to pick yeah, it out. Yeah, if it's a film we're very familiar with, then we're not going to gain anything from it. It exactly. needs to be a mystery film, but something that we've either not seen for a long time or is brand new to us yes and so i mean we probably would have put the video of will choosing the movie out on social <laughs> now so if anyone's seen that you know what we're talking about um we ended up with sin city yes which is the frank miller robert rodriguez 2005 action neo-noir blockbuster with special guest director quentin tarantino for one yeah. scene so it's ticking all the boxes for me and you we've got some great actors in here we've got mickey rourke elijah wood Bruce Willis. <laughs> Sorry, did we just say Rosario we have some great, some great actors <laughs> and Elijah Wood came second. <laughs> really? I'm not ranking them. I'm just trying to think of them as they come up. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but this film, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's well-reviewed. Yes. It's, it's kind of, it's well-regarded as a good film. It's a film that is based on a very famous comic series, which again is, you know, hitting the gold mine for me and Will. We love that nerdy shit. Um... We watched it today. Yes. A couple of hours ago, and we've Yeah, a couple of hours ago. And a couple of beers ago. Yeah. And it's a party. It's a party. <laughs> uh, we really struggled with this. Oh, my God. I hate this film. Sorry. This film <laughs> is... Uh, my, like, I don't like it when films have to be a certain way to either appease the current cultural mindset of people in mm -hmm. the West... And I don't like it when films have to conform to the cultural ideals of our current time. Yep. However, sometimes a film comes along, even if it was filmed in 2005 and so probably got away with well, it. Well, filmed then. in 2004. 2004. But still, yeah. Sometimes a film comes along that is just so outright derogatory and male chauvinist and misogynistic that you, you, well, we couldn't enjoy it. No. Um, this this film has some incredibly cool art direction. It's very stylistic. People will know what we're talking about. This is a very well-known film. It's kind of shot in black and white, but kind of retaining some of the colours in the scenes. So some of the blood, um, some of the characters are coloured differently, all this kind of stuff. And it's got a great ensemble cast. I mean, who else has it got in it? Clive Owen, Rosario Dawson. Um, apparently um, Nick Offerman's in this film in some some description, which is crazy. That's cool. Bruce Willis, a very yeah, famous yeah, Bruce yeah. Willis. who um, Of a very famous Bruce Willis. 
Yeah, the, 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 there's, seven, there are loads there's actually them, right? 17 Bruce Willis's who are the, all in movies. The irony is, isn't there actually a movie called like Surrogates or something where Bruce Willis like clones himself like 10 times? I think you might be right. Yeah, that's actually quite funny. <laughs> so there actually are multiple <laughs> Bruce Willis. Bruce, um, Bruce Willies? Yes, Willies, yes. Um, Jessica Alba, um, isn't it? Oh, my, Carla Gugini. No, wrong. That's just not... I can't say names. What I've learned from this podcast is I can't say yeah, names. Yeah, that is a common theme. It's you a common theme. You can't say names and you can't recite critic quote comments. Carla Gugino, who is... Um, who plays Lucille in the film, who is the mum in Spy Kids. Yes, who is yes, yes, yes. Wonderful. I just, I, I love that actress. I'm just, it's just such a shame she's not casting much anymore. I she, haven't seen um, her in I always get, ages. I always get that actress confused with the actress that plays Trinity in the Matrix films. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also is in Jessica Jones, I think she is. Maybe. Something, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyway, this, this film's got a great cast. Um, and it's meant to be gritty, dark. The comics are very kind of hopeless in this kind of endless sprawling city of vagabonds and prostitutes and gangsters and corrupt cops. It's very seedy. Where the cycle just continues. Like you yeah. can't get out of Sin City. You're just, you just end up becoming a part of the system yeah. and that system destroys you slowly. It, it's Gotham City without Batman. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Jake. <laughs> oh, baby. That's so good. Um, and it, and it sounds awesome and it's an awesome premise. And Frank Miller is a great writer, a great director. Um, we, we reviewed Batman Ninja in our second week and we talked about the other animated Batman films that existed. Mm -hmm. The Dark Knight Returns being one of them, which is like for like a film reproduction of the eponymous Frank Miller comic. Yes. Um, he's insane. He's a storytelling craftsman. Um, and I have no doubt that the comics are really impressive. For me, this didn't translate to a film. The reason being, it, it's filled with really interesting characters and really interesting performances. Um, I'd say the highlight for me in this film is Mickey Rourke's character. Yep. It's anthology-based, so it's a series of short stories involving, involving characters that are kind of loosely connected. Yeah, and the characters prop... There's different time periods and the characters prop, pop up into different time periods um, and it sort of goes around the film. But yeah. yeah. And Mickey Rourke is one of the central characters. He's a he's a bloke kind of trying to get vengeance. He's trying to avenge the death of a prostitute that he was kind of in love with, um, who by all accounts was a good prostitute and not a bad prostitute. Uh, it seems to be the only impetus for him going on a rampage that involves killing policemen, um, hitting women, um, killing gangsters. The hitting women in this film has just got to well, stop. Well, see, this, this is the problem that I had was... This film is so male chauvinist and so misogynistic that it gets to a point where, I mean, I feel like I have quite a strong sort of freedom of creation mindset. Like I can watch some of the most vicious things or some of the, I, I can listen to some of the most kind of controversial views mm. and not be that phased. But this was just like, it just doesn't stop using women as objects and sexualizing everything and what was it that you said that the, the women in the film have no they have no agency though all the all the portrayals of the characters and this might be the same in the comic but it does it may it maybe doesn't come across it as 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 much as this film um all the all the stories are male stories the women are reduced to characters all of them 
And I don't think there's a single exception to this rule. There's not. All of them are sexualized people who are seen mainly through their sexuality. And They're at, wearing the, fascist... at, the whim, at the whim of men. At, completely at the whim of men. Men can just um, toy them around. There's a character in the second story, um, played by Rosaria Dawson, um, of Rent fame and of Jessica Jones and the Marvel bits of fame. Um, and I, I, At the time of speaking, Daredevil 3 has just been cancelled yesterday. I know. Season 3, I mean, like the rest of the season has been cancelled. They're just, they're just going um, for getting through these Real, Netflix real things. fucking shame. I know it's a shock. It's a they, shock they've they, cancelled they, that. They've shot, they've shot Punisher Season 2 and Jessica Jones Season 3, but they're not going to continue beyond that. Like, Why on earth would they take down their flagship series and keep those two running, you know? Yeah. Um, real fucking shame. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Um, and at the beginning, she is introduced as this sort of sexual, like, woman in control of her body and power and etc. And there is a point where the male hero, in inverted commas, of the of the um, the short story in in the film, um, he essentially um, has got, had had enough of her shit because that's okay, and just hits her. And it's not even a big hit, and it's comic. It's comically um, ridiculous. Like you don't see, like you don't see. It's like a fake slap, but it's a big hit, and you hear a bruise, and you you hear it. And this woman just turns to him and says, "I like it when you play it rough," and just starts oh. getting off with him. And like I was screaming at the at the TV. Susan, um, Jake's mum, said, "What's happened?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, no," because this is just not how you do. Um, rate, um, sexual re sexual relations on screen. Like women are not just objects to be bullied around by men. Another point. Oh, sorry, I'm go, just, on, I, go on, go on, go on. Know, away, rant away. You know I go on my soapbox. Um, so the last. Um, why is it called a soapbox? I don't know. That's why? A, why do people shout from a soapbox? I don't know. Don't well, mind me. I'm just taking my top off because I'm way too hot. We're in a tiny, non-ventilated room. Yeah, and we don't we don't open the window just in case there's planes or cars or etc. So it is hot. You know, we we do this for you. Yeah, I know. Um, so Jessica Alba um, in the last is is most featured in the last story, and she is saved as a little girl by Bruce Willis's detective from a, ra a child rapist, and the relationship that they develop is that when when he's finally out of prison, he gets framed for all the child rapes and murders, etc. It's complicated. Bearing in mind he's about sixty years old. Yep. Bear in mind he's about 60 years old and Jennifer... She's Al 19 she's, play now. she's playing a 19-year-old. All it is is sexual. And Bruce Willis is like, no, this is weird. Like, And there's no exploration of like why it's sexual or like has she got... like Because she's been on her own, has she had problems? Or like that? that even that is dumbing down and quite sexually offensive. But I'm just trying to think of ways where you could explain the sexuality towards Bruce Willis. And there's nothing. It's just because... Um, she needs protection, and Bruce Willis is a man who can protect her sexually and also by his big, bad muscles and the fact that he can fire guns. Yeah. It just drove me insane. It's also... Um, I think <coughs> I think the thing that got under my skin, and it definitely got under Will's skin as well, but I... Can you not tell? <laughs> <laughs> like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Um, but basically, I, I think, unless... You know this already. I, I know something about what's happened to this film and the rights of it, you know, in the last year. But essentially, Sin City, it kind of it flashes up the credits at the beginning. Nice, big, red comic type. 
And it makes it very clear at the beginning that um, the executive producers are the Weinstein brothers. Mm. Um, and we both kind of saw that come up on screen and we thought, oh, you know. We both flinched. We both kind of thought, oh, it's you know, kind of funny that, isn't it? How, what a strange coincidence. Like We're watching an old Weinstein film around the time when he was probably at the height of his abuses. Um, and I didn't realise how much that would... Like, I kind of threw it out of my mind. It didn't really bother me for the first, like, 30 minutes. And then when it started to be all of this, like, over-sexualisation and graphic nature and treating women as objects, and it kind of kept going and going and going. It's and there relentless, was, And there, yeah. was no, there was no female redemption at all. And even little things, like, there were little touches. Like, for example, there are bits in the film where the women are hit or the women are knocked out of the way. And when they're hit or knocked out of the way, they go further than the men. Mm. And some of these women are similar size and stature to some of these men. It's not like every male character in Sin City is jacked up. Um, but it, it just the simple like touch that a design team had to ensure, or it was in their brief, that the women characters were to be thrown further when hit... I don't know, like that didn't, I, I, I found that really sat with me and I really struggled with that. Um, and I'm not, I don't normally think I'm the first person to kind of let this kind of thing phase me. Um, because it is fictional. But something about the fact that the Weinstein brothers were so heavily involved in this project and it's, you know, it's 2005 and Tarantino is involved and Tarantino professes that he's been a close friend of Weinstein's but he's never known about the abuses. Fucking bollocks, mm. mate. Like you, I, like, I love you as a director, but you cannot fucking tell me you didn't know what was going on. And you cannot fucking tell me that you didn't have the clout to gather other major directors together like Christopher Nolan, James Cameron and out him together. Instead, I, you I, guess I director. I'm sorry. You guess director. Sorry, I'm on my soapbox. Go your soapbox. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, with Jimmy Savile, and this is a real side note, but with Jimmy Savile, the reason that shit didn't come out for so long, it didn't come out until after he passed away, was because the majority of people that were aware of those abuses were entry-level nurses in the NHS, like my girlfriend's mum, who kind of saw some of the stuff that was happening, or never, never directly saw anything, but kind of knew he was one to watch out for kind of thing. But what the fuck is she going to do if she speaks up? You know, we don't have the same trial... They didn't have the same trial by court of public opinion on social media that we have nowadays kind of thing mm. and the reason that didn't come out is because the people that were seeing it weren't powerful enough to do anything about it but with the Weinstein case categorically there were more than enough influential people in Hollywood to put a stop to it yep. and they didn't because they benefited from him being in the position he was in and so I struggle with watching a film like this which is so gratuitous because I know that even though it's fictional, he probably tried it on with Jessica Alba when this film was happening. He probably tried it on with Rosario Dawson. He probably influenced the sexualization in this film. He probably really got off on making it as twisted as possible. And Tarantino probably helped him. And mm. Robert Rodriguez probably got involved. And Frank Miller probably got involved. And maybe they didn't think they were doing anything wrong. You know, it is fictional. They can tell their own story. A lot of it is probably very true to the comic. But it just doesn't feel right to me. Correct. And I don't think... I did a bit of a Google after watching this film before we came up to record this to see whether it's kind of something that is discussed. 
and there are there are articles in recent years i'm talking like the last three or four years that are sort of kind of making arguments as to why this film isn't really appropriate and never really should have got the praise it got um for, for kind of you know for people that are interested there was a sequel a sin city sequel which was uh critically panned it was really unliked and one of the reasons it was unliked is it came out about five years later it was even more over-sexualized than the first one and people didn't like that and critics didn't respond well to that, um, which shows the change in times mm. or the beginning of the change in times. But I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping down from my soapbox. No, mate, I just, that's... I just don't, I just don't think it's right. I don't think it was a very engaging film. I actually think if you take away like the sexualization, you take away, like, you, you know, we've been talking about it from this aspect for a while. In terms of story, I get it. They can't, they haven't changed much from the comics. So if you like the comics, you'll like this, right? I don't really know if I'd necessarily like the comic. I don't think it's particularly twisty turny. I don't think it's particularly engaging um, from the film that we've just watched. But also it got, I think it won an Academy Award for its artistic direction or its visual editing or something. This film isn't that impressive. No. Like, I, it's, it's, it's seen as that one black and white film that has the splashes of colour in it, but it's, like, most of the time, it looks a bit shit. Well, even this, for 2005. Well, what, what Robert Rodriguez did with this film, and, by the way, that was a wonderful speech. You articulated yourself beautifully. Um, it's quite, <laughs> quite moving. Well done. I'm thirsty, um, though. <laughs> um, what Robert Rodriguez does with this film, because it's one of his earlier pieces of work is he establishes what he is as then as a director is the the ridiculous use of the over and over reliance of the green screen this was one of the first films to have a new type of camera that would show green screen footage but make it look believable it's the first one of the first films that had cgi um in the in the same way that it did so most of it being cgi um which was sort of used in the star wars revenge of the sith so and attack of the clones all that kind of like all completely green screen. Um, and I think this film is just to park all the in really insensitive and terrible sexual politics of the film. I just don't think the film's aged well in terms of the aesthetic either. It's aged like this is what we used to do with films. This is what blockbusters used to take their that take their stock from. And now blockbusters are taking their stock from Christopher Nolan. I think Christopher Nolan changed everything with trying to choose the IMAX format. And now all even the small action sequences are going for this sort of like crisp whitish color palette and um as the main thing that's used what it used to be was all of this sort of crazy cgi for no reason quick snappy filmography cinematography yeah. as well like now, it, nowadays i think people are they're moving back towards like the one take approach but also like the wide panoramic shot correct yes and the kind of wide like, shot let, let, Let's. We talked about this a few. What film was it that we talked about this a few weeks ago on? The idea that um, it was a director of something we watched in the last maybe like two months that we reviewed for the podcast, and you were saying that the director was making a big a big point out of the fact that he wanted these long shots that went on for ages, so that you could like really take in what was going on and it wasn't cutting and chopping and changing too quickly. Was it Old Man and the Gun? It might have been. Yeah, I think it might be Old Man and the Gun. Um, but I think that's I think that's right. I think our cinema is slowing down in a way. I think it comes from a sort of Transformers backlash um, of the last couple of Transformers films and films like The Meg and stuff like that. Um, and this film just feels like 
the problem is, is there's it's too much action, which then makes makes the meaningful part of the story just feel a bit ridiculous. The action sequences, I think, detract from the from the good character work. Um, moving all of, all of this aside, what did you think of Tarantino's directed scene of the film? Which is, uh, to a context, it's the scene where um, they've the women who control Old Town, um, this band of women wearing crazy ludish costumes which you could argue is sexually liberates them but no it just serves to um put further denigrate them as and prostitutes put, put and men sexu- in seats in the cinema in 2005 correct exactly that i hate it i hate it when they pretend that they're doing something sexually liberating um within the film's narrative but the only real re- the ulterior motive the real reason they're doing it it's just to drive further sales for the film when it actually releases. And so they can, and so they can, like, and so that they they can video them like bending over a car or something like that. All these men stuff. Did you? Terrible. I just spilled my cocktail. <laughs> Sloshing it around. <laughs> um, it's a party. Um, yes, uh, but okay. but this scene happens in um, the car. They've just killed a cop in Old Town. Um, Old Town is protected by the police, and now the woman's livelihoods are at risk. So um, the guy, because he, the guy has to save the day, um, tries to um, hide the guy's body so that it's not found, so that it will never be found and, and everyone can go back to their lives in Sin City. Um, and you have a scene where the corpse starts talking to the actual guy um, who's running the scene. I can't remember his name. I think it's Clive Owen, but I'm not sure. Yeah, Clive Owen and Benicio Del Toro. Well done. Benicio del Toro, and again, but I mean, the last time I saw Benicio del Toro, he was doing—he was—he was the collector in the Guardians films and yeah. the Avengers films. So that was odd to see him in this film. Um, my thoughts about it is that it's had a couple of the old Tarantino, like extreme, very quick close-ups, like the one that introduces Leonardo DiCaprio in. Um, Oh my god! I've, I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio in Glorious Bastards. No, Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street, Django Unchained. Django Unchained, um, where the, he's introduced and it's just a and into his face, um, quick close up. There's two of those, but apart from that, it's not that nuanced. It's not that Tarantino. I wouldn't. I wouldn't unless you told me that it was the Tarantino scene in this film, which I know was a big thing at the time. Um, I wouldn't have realised. Maybe, like, maybe it's a good part of the film. I think actually the dialogue was like a bit snappier, and it was maybe a maybe an interesting scene to put in. But apart from that, it was the same tone as the director, and that was not good. Yeah, um, yeah. I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I to and fro with Tarantino. Sometimes I think that it's some of the most fascinating stuff I've ever watched, and sometimes I think it's just fucking poorly paced bollocks. Um, I really didn't get on with the hateful eight. Mm. Um, I just really didn't find it very engaging. It, the twist wasn't really that impressive of a twist. Um, it was so vulgar for vulgarity's sake. Um, didn't do it for me. Django Unchained, I think, is a brilliant film. Um, I think that the first Kill Bill is terrific. Um, I like Inglorious Bastards, but again, I think the pacing's off, and I think it's quite slow. And, and there are really amazing scenes in Inglorious, and yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. some of the best stuff that Tarantino's done in Inglorious. But then he's just got some terrible bits in it that just drags out. Yeah, uh, that war room scene where um, Mike Myers in it, is in it, and Churchill's in there. It just makes no sense as a scene. But um, the point, the point I was going to make, yes, going back to the, because so, I completely forgot it, and that's come back into my head. The um, 
Weinstein involvement. Um, last year, Frank Miller actually purchased the rights back to the original Sin City film, not the sequel, um, and the rights to kind of continue to build upon the franchise in a TV or film narrative, oh. film structure, I mean. Um, it, it was part of an, like an acquisition with a production company and they paid a load of money for it from the liquidated Weinstein company. Um after the allegations were made against Harvey, um, which is quite interesting. Uh, essentially, what's happened is he's taken Sin City back from the Weinstein brothers, which begs the question, um, was there any bad blood there in the first place? Like, Frank, obviously, this film, the first film got good reviews, and, you know, it was, you know, it's one of those films that's kind of on people's must-see lists. But did it really go the way he genuinely wanted it to? Maybe it didn't, and maybe last year's acquisition signals a, a long-held desire from Frank Miller to kind of regain ownership of his own creative entity. And maybe it's maybe we've reached a time with the Me Too movement, etc., that if the, if Frank Miller had an attachment, attachment to the Sin City thing, if it was brought up and redragged up as a film that is considered as not... Um, not um, not seminal anymore. He needs to take ownership of that. That'll be quite interesting to look at. Um, really? But yeah, that's I've got. That's pretty much all I've got to say about Sin City. So, what would you rate it out of ten? Two. A two, even lower than the Meg and Aquarella. That would be the lowest rating. Will Paxton, William James Paxton, <laughs> has ever given a review. William James Jeffrey Paxton. Thank you very much. And yes, <laughs> it's a yeah. Snap, snap, snap. Head flick. Um, it's a two. I think. You didn't enjoy any of it. Because I really liked the Mickey Rourke storyline, except for some of the slapping. Um, the rest of it was rubbish. I no, really the, didn't find the I think, rest of it. I think my favourite... like, But I enjoyed more scenes in the Meg than it. And I gave the Meg a three. Like, I en you enjoyed like, the Meg more than what you said, City? Yes. I, I, yes, because at least with the Meg, it wasn't problematic to such an extent where... I was like banging my head and shouting at the TV cinema Do you screen. Think I was were, laughing at the Meg. I wasn't laughing at you know, this film. We're both 22 in 2018. Do you think if you were 22 in 2000... <laughs> 30 of December, mate. It's, it's close. Yeah, but do you think if you were this age in 2005 and went to watch it in a cinema, you'd think differently? Oh, I don't... That's the question I was asking myself because I remember friends who'd seen this film. Um, I think I was a bit young to see it in 2005, but like when I was 2008, 2009... Um, friends were saying, you've got to watch Sin City, you've got to watch Sin City. So it, it nuanced and cool, and they got this so-called action sequences. And now I look at that no, I didn't think... any action sequences were anything to write home about. But maybe in that 2009, 2008 mindset, we would have been wowed by it, because that's... Hey, man, I think there was brilliant action films that came out before 2008. Well, no, that, no, I'm worried that I would have been wowed by it. I don't want... I, I, I don't want... I didn't want to go with popular opinion. Thank God I've seen it now, that's what I'll say. Um, thank God that I didn't see it in my prepubescent teenage figuring out the world thing because I think it would have been a bad influence on me. I would have go that far to say watching this film at that age would have been a bad influence on me. Um, mm. But it's a party. <laughs> it's fine. It's a party. So you give it two out of ten. I think I'd give it. I'd give it a three. I enjoyed it a bit more than you. I I do think that there were a lot of issues. I, don't oh, the first scene is great. It's not particularly entertaining, um, and that, that's a problem. I really, really, we, we we got about halfway through it, and then were tempted to turn it off. 
and we sort of persisted for the sake of the pod. Indeed. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of in two minds as to whether that was worth doing or not. But we've had a cracking conversation about what shouldn't be done in cinema. Correct. And I think it's it's a record. It's our lowest rated podcast. And that's always good. What's... That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I know. In our, in our halfway party, we've re- reviewed our worst film yet. Um, I'm going to mention him. As Mark Mode always says, you can do as many, many reviews of amazing, wonderful films and talk about all the positives you like. And the the best moments come from when you're absolutely trashing a film because you really show who you are as reviewers when you're trashing a film. You show who you are, what you're morally like. Um, so I think that's what we've done. I think that's quite an apt thing to do on this podcast is show, OK, we're having a party, but this is what where we stand stand and this is what we are about. Very true, very true. And with that, we are going to take a brief pause. That pause will hopefully sound to you listeners like a nice little bit of lovely music flowing through into the second half of our big party bonanza. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will be back shortly with our trivia news round, most savage quotes of the last six months, ratings of the films and our predictions for the next six months. So stay tuned and we will see you shortly. Back, back in action. Party time! It's a party. We can do what we want. Bacon is good for me. Um, explanations. <laughs> we just watched that video. It was wonderful. In I our, love in it. Our brief pause. We just went back to what is it? Fucking wife swap or something? Celebrity Super Nanny USA. Celebrity Super, no, Nanny, Super USA Nanny USA with King Curtis, oh. who is the little boy who's obsessed with junk food. And he is just not having it on at all. I know. He's feeling very attacked right now, um, which is a shame. Um, but she, well can't, done. she can't go fast in those blue high heels. <laughs> She's acting like we're the queen and we're just the Sarah people. Love it. Dear me. Anyway, <laughs> Will, we are back. Part two of our party. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling is very, very the good. the been so long cocktail? Working its magic. <sighs> My head feels very fuzzy. <laughs> very fuzzy. Very fuzzy. But it's a party, so it's fine. It's a party. It's a party. Um, anyway, uh, you know, Guinness World Record for how many times you can say party in a podcast episode. Um, we party. are back. It's what? It's a party. It's a- I, thought <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you said it's 18. I was like, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> we can smash that. <laughs> um, right. Next up on the agenda, we thought we would play some 52-week film project news trivia. Now, me and Will... Around episode seven, decided we're going to do news of the week. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of people have responded to it positively, saying they're really enjoying hearing the updates. We are just loving kind of spending our weeks kind of hearing new things come out, new exciting things we care about, and kind of logging that to talk about together each week on the podcast. But we thought to see who is the more knowledgeable news quizarian of us. I know. We'd do a bit of a contest. I'm terrified. <laughs> I mean, I'm fucking nervous. As well. I think my questions are really fucking hard. I start they with are easy. interesting, but hard. Good, good. That's um, what we do on the 52 week film so project. Simple rules: two contestants, five questions each. The winner leaves this room. Will alive. be <laughs> leaves this room. <laughs> the winner will be crowned 52 week quiz champion. Yep. 
And then we will have to wait another six months to see if he will be dethroned. Ooh, yeah, that's a good shout. Or whether he will defend his title. Yes, I would like that. I like that. I feel like we should have Eye of the Tiger or something playing in the background. It's the Eye of the Tiger. Great song. Well, Will's already won the singing contest. Now, who wants to go first? I was going to say that. Spin shall the, I start let, off? With I was going to say let's spin the bottle, but I mean I've got a wine glass. Do you want to spin the cheese stick? Spin a cheese stick. All right, all right, all right. So for, for people listening, which is everyone, because we don't have a video recording, um, the cheese stick is going to be spun to decide who's going to ask the question first. <laughs> and Will, you are asking the first question. It's quite good. It's quite, it's with quite it. an easy one. Um, question one. This is from week 24 of the podcast. Um, you get a... Um, I don't know if you do... No, I'm just going to... I'm just going to... Just gonna go for it. It's go on, easy. mate. Go on. Hit me with it. I'm ready. Fine. I'm ready. What is the new Deadpool movie rated in the US and the UK? Ooh, so this is the Once Upon a Time. Once, Once Upon, upon a, a Deadpool. Okay, and it's made for children. Is it a? Oh Christ! Is it? Oh, because I remember we spoke about how it wasn't really a kids' film. Here we it's go. Rated, yep. It's a 15 in the UK. Yes, in the US, it's a. Or was it a different rating in the US? Yep. I don't know what the US ratings are. I think it's good enough to get the UK one, to be fair. So do I get... Oh, hold on, all right. What is the UK... What is the US rating system? Tell me what it is, and then I'll give you what I think it (laughs) is. Who knows? Um, I just know... It's a a familiar term that you would know. um, That, like... Like, it's a a term... So it won't be R-rated. It'll be, like... uh, 12A. Correct. It's the equivalent to 12A, which is a PG-13. PG-13. Ding, ding, ding! One point for Jake. Boom! Right. One nil. Okay, for you, mate. Don't know what episode it was from. I didn't note that down. What was... Actually, no, I do. Now I'm reading the question. (laughs) (laughs) What was the first film... The first bit of film news we ever discussed (gasps) on the 52-week film project? It was something that you brought up. The first bit of film news. And this is from episode seven, where we did this. This is from episode seven. It is the first bit of film news we ever discussed. Oh, my gosh. I've absolutely no idea. Um, that was such a long time Hands ago. Hands away from the keyboard, mister. <laughs> you caught you call me almost tried to cheat. I'm going to go away. Um, was it to do with... Was it superhero-based? It was. Was it to do with the Joker film? No. Okay. Was it to do with um, the new Avengers? No. Well, then, who? what other superhero films would have come out or coming it's out? It's something you brought up, and it's something you've mentioned in the news segments more than once, and that we've seen develop. James Gunn? No. Oh, I think I've got you, haven't I? You've, you've got me stumped. It's quite tough, to be fair. Go on, mate. Go on, mate. Tell me. The <laughs> first bit of news we discussed on the 52-week film project that you mentioned was the Shazam film. Oh. And it was the casting of Zachary Levy as Shazam and Dujamon Hansu as the, the wizard. wizard. Yes, it was. Wow. One um, nil. One nil. Okay. All to play for. Hit me with the next question. Okay. Question two, episode 10, this is from. Why was the film City of Lies pulled from screen? City of Lies? Yep. 
pulled from the screen. Pulled from the screen. What City of mean? Lies. City of Lies was going to be released. Um, it was starring a person that might um, let you know why the film's not being released, and it's not being released anymore. Okay, all right. So it's a Me Too situation. Mm, I would assume. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Um, maybe it's someone who's passed away. Oh God, City of Lies. What film was that? I keep thinking of that City of God film, the South African thing. I keep on thinking of City of Stars. City of Stars. <laughs> um, oh, no, I don't know. Um, do, 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 do. Do. <laughs> Saying the tune won't make you learn it, Jake. Um, um, the question was, why did it not make it to screen? Yep. I would say because the lead, a lead actor or actress passed away before it came out. For finished filming. Uh, uh, unfortunately, that's incorrect. What? Um, what is it then? Tell me. It's Johnny Depp. Um, Johnny Depp apparently punched someone on set, um, and then it uh, then came out about the two bodyguards afterwards about him um, going in between Amber Heard and, and them. Um, we talked about it as a controversial thing about all the Johnny Depp stuff happening at the happening at this point, and this was before the Fantastic Beasts came out, and it was before like the, the press and stuff. Interesting. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. Know, right? Well, still one nil. Yep. Come on. My Let's next question for you: Who was on board to be the director of the upcoming standalone Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix <gasps> before one. Todd Phillips is took it, the role? Is it Martin Scorsese? Yes. Yes. And Martin Scorsese is no longer the director, but he is on board as an executive producer. I remember, I remember um, thinking, talking about this and like Martin Scorsese's loops and like I think we had a discussion about it. Okay, okay, one nil. Okay, I got one right. One all, one, one right. all now, mate. One all, yes. One come all. on, come on, let me claw it back. Question three, episode twelve. Who is the new Uncharted? Oh, sorry, hang on, that's a terribly worded question. Who in the new Uncharted film is going to play the younger version of Nathan Drake? Oh, that's a fucking easy one. I know exactly who it is. I just can't remember his name. <laughs> um, oh, what's he called? Oh, God, Spider-Man. Oh, what's he called? Um, fuck, absolute mind blank. Um, he's Spider-Man. He was Billy Elliot. He is... Oh, what's he called? What's he called? There's an actor who was in Bohemian Rhapsody Christ. whose name I got wrong. And um, and said it was this person, and it's to do with the surname. Oh well, no, it's crucifying me, mate. I can't remember. His name is so obvious, and I think he's great, and I just can't remember who he is. Um, his name is Tom Holland. Yes, yes! thank ding, God. Ding, ding, ding. Right, two, one, go on, mate. Right, next one for you. What TV series did you say was returning this month, December twenty eighteen? This TV series is returning this month. Yeah. Um, and this is interesting because I thought, I, I have thought for a while that this was bollocks and there's no way they've made another season this quickly until, and my original phrasing of this question was going to be, what TV series did Will stupidly say was going <laughs> to come out in December, but there's no way it is. And then I double checked online and it is actually there's leaks that are saying that it's going to be out on December 28th. Wow. Um, what TV series is due out this month? Is it? Is it? 
the music isn't doing anything. I'm just trying to fill the space. Is it? Is it? Old, it. Yeah. How how old is the TV show? It's a current TV series. It's been around for a while, but it's you know, it's in our current cultural zeitgeist. I will say no more. Is it a comedy? You can't say no more. I'm not saying anymore. You brought it up. Is it Star Trek? No. You got one more, one more try. Oh it God. is. It will be so fucking obvious. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this. Um, Think about the fact that I said that it was something that I thought there's no way they would have brought out a second, another season this quick. This quick. Um, oh, oh, my mind's, my mind's going somewhere. Go on, mate. Um, talk to me. Talk to me. What do you think it is? This quick. Um, it's a great TV series. It's a TV series me and you both like. It's a TV series that is very popular, especially in the UK. I'm not going to say any more. I'm giving away too much as it is. I'm frankly, ah! I'm frankly like just giving up my two-one lead here by saying all of this stuff. Oh, please don't say that because I'm still um, my, my mind's my mind's running a blank. I'm trying to think about anything else I can say that doesn't just give it away. Um, I love it. <laughs> you love it. A lot of people. Did we watch love it? it. You, need, you need to get that. Me and you have both. We have watched bits of it together. I'm not going to say any more than that because you will get it. What bits of it? Together? I mean, we've watched about 500 different TV shows together. So yeah, I know that doesn't, that doesn't really, doesn't that really help. Much. But it it is it is a proper. Oh, right, right, this is the final clue you get. It's a proper conversation starter. It's the kind of it's the kind of TV show where you watch it and then people will like you know they'll have like personal favorite episodes and they'll like talk about it until the cows come home. Oh my god. Um. Um, I've, I, I'm I want like, you to get it I know you do I know you do I'm drawing I'll, a blank I'll throw you one more bone right and if you get it after this final bone you get half a point <laughs> because it's quite a big bone okay give me the bone it's a sizable bone it's okay, a ju keep... juicy bone mm, so juicy it will be the fifth season of this TV show Torchwood no Oh, you, you, you're giving up all your chances. Black Mirror is returning at the end oh, of this month. Of course it is. And I cannot fucking wait. Of course we, it is. I, I thought this was bullshit because season four, it, come on, it only came out, what, a year ago? Yeah. There is no way they've made new episodes that quickly, but apparently they have. Wow. There was a leak saying that there's um, a new episode. That, well, they say that it's due to return on December 28th, which if it's still on Netflix means all six episodes or however many there are will be out. Um, I think there was a name of an episode, um, which I'll try and look up in a bit. I can't remember, but the first episode, it had a really weird name, like Bangadozen or something, something really strange. Bangadozen. Something really strange. Um, yeah, I'm you, gutted. You, you suck. Hit I know. Me, hit me with another question. Okay. Two, one. Question four, you will get this. Go on then, go on then. Um, but it's in three parts. Um, there are three, three parts to it to get the point, but it is... That you will probably Three get. parts to get one point. This is outrageous. What are the Oscar changes that they proposed? Um, most popular film. Yeah. And I don't know the other two. Oh, that's the only one I cared about. Okay. Um, so. I'm... Oh well, it's it's okay. Maybe it's maybe two parts. Um, it's, it's to do. This is a big bone, but I'm not gonna. But they've they've since pulled that back. By they the way. pulled it back. I know they pulled it back. But what were the Oscar changes? Um, to do with the time of it. Uh, were they going to make it UK time based? Nope. Um, were they going to change the time of year it's held? Nope. Then I don't know. Um, they were streamlining the. Awards. Oh, they were going to make it shorter. Yes. They were going to make it like an hour and a half shorter. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you a point. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Three one. <laughs>
Um, all right, well, you know, to be fair, you've got an easy one coming now. Um, which classic character is returning in Star Wars Episode Nine, and who plays that? Who plays that character? Lando Calrissian is yeah. returning. Billy Dee Williams. Yeah, brilliant. Three two. Damn. Three two. Come on, hit me with one. Hit me with your ribbon stick, William. Um, question five. Um, oh my god, I forgot the answer to this question. <gasps> That's a head fuck. Yeah, I know. All right, well, just tell me it, and you can look it up while okay. I'm thinking. Okay, I'll give you. A, um, what TV series are is going to be written and produced on Hulu by Justin Roiland and Mike McMahon? Solar Opposites. Yes. And it's a. It's going to basically be a Rick and Morty spin-off. Correct. Although that hasn't been confirmed, and they're going to do two seasons of it. Fucking love it! I'm so excited. 4-2, well done, well done. And Dan Harmon's not involved. Aliens from, Be- from Better World who take refuge in America. So is that 4-2? It's 4-2. Outrageous. Is um, there any chance of me winning now? No. You've got two reasonably easy questions coming up, so I think you could... Okay. Is it 4-2? You could draw with me. <laughs> yeah, um, perhaps, perhaps. If that's any consolation. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Um, Will Smith is currently filming three sequels. What are they? Now, a sequel is a term to define any following film. It doesn't have to be a second film. It could be third, fourth, or whatever. Is Aladdin one of them? Or does it count? Well, obviously not, because Aladdin's a standalone film. It's oh, but a it's sequel. a... Yeah. No, no. Sequel... No, sorry. Let me rephrase it for you. Will Smith is currently filming three sequels to films he's already been in. Yep. What what films are those or what franchises are those that he's currently filming or is about to start filming? I Am Legend? No. Okay. Um, Men in Black? No. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> wow. These, these are like, when you hear them, they will be more obvious than you think. Um, what's what? that superhero film that he's... Um, yeah, you're on the right avenue. Um, what's that? Um, Hancock? No. <laughs> oh my God, you're naming some great Will Smith films, but none of the ones that I'm... None of the ones that making sequels to superhero films that will try not to think of them like I don't know if this will throw you off the mark a bit, but try not to think of them as Will Smith films. Do you know what I mean? Like Hancock and I Am Legend are Will Smith films, right? Okay, so he's in these films that are going to have sequels, and right. he's a primary character, but they're not necessarily Will Smith standalone movies, right? Okay, um... but they are each of them are big budget. They're big franchises. I've got one more clue that I could give you that would make getting all three of them half a point. Go on, mate. But I feel like you kind of want to guess a little bit longer. Think about some of the things that Will Smith's been in in recent years and think about what he's been in, like what what the big movies he's been in. Anchorman? No. No. Will, I thought you'd get this, man. I can't think of what Will Smith's been in recently, even though I even though I know that he's been in lots of stuff. My mind's drawing a blank. All right. It's probably alcohol. Do you want to accept, <laughs> I'll accept the big clue for getting half a point instead? Nah, mate, just tell me them. I'm not not about those half point lives. You sure? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm 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 drawing this is a blank. It's gonna really piss you off when you I'm sure it is. I'm sure right. it is. I'm furious three films, three films that Will Smith is currently filming sequels to. He is filming Bad Boys Free. Right. He is filming Suicide Squad 2. Oh, of course, yeah. That and is... he is filming Bright 2. Right, you know okay. Bright is that Red film TV. on Netflix? Oh, this film, yeah, yeah, yeah. With him and the orc that were cops in like a 
fantastical new like Los Angeles. I will say I don't know if I would have got the Bad Boys one, but I would have got the other two. That's annoying. But yeah. um, I, what can you do? Well, sucks well you you've won, but we'll continue because that's the Go point on, mate. Go on, My last on. question. This is the hardest, hardest one. Um, the University of Birmingham did a, did a study um, in, episode, in episode 12 um, of the podcast. What, during episode 12? No, um, we talked about it in episode 12. Um, and what is the... St- what is the scenario that is rated the best type of film scenario? Um, so in terms of money made by a film, what is the name of the concept of the film? This is the hardest question I'm going to do. Um, of a, a type of film, a film genre, so to speak, or a film, a, a, a set of things. It's got a very specific name that happen in these movies that are the be- is the best selling across the globe. Oh god. Um rom-com? No, it's not like a established genre. It's like a, there's four four titles. Ah, uh, see, I remember you talking about this and I remember it being really interesting, but I just can't remember. Fair enough. Um, um go on, tell me. Man in the Hole Arc is the one. So what what is the Man in the Hole Arc? Where mean? a man starts the film in a bad man or woman starts the film in a bad position and they have to find um solace or find solace like quantum of solace um, <laughs> um but they have to fight they have to find like um that like the way of dealing with this original problem it starts with an original problem okay. that is solved throughout the film well okay. everyone does love a good redemption storyline that's Indeed. more or less what you're referring to um shame you couldn't redeem yourself in our quiz round fuck you well i've won yeah you've got one final question to try and reduce the blow what is the next franchise reboot to be done by Illumination Entertainment after their recent Grinch film that we reviewed? Oh this my god, I know this ago. one. Um, next franchise. It's a popular franchise that has been acquired by Illumination, like the Grinch, and it's going to be redone by them. Re-energized. We talked about, this about recently. Um, yeah, we did. We, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, literally a few weeks ago. And it's very cool. It's very, very cool. It's a franchise that's had four films and Shrek. one... What? Shrek. Shrek. Well done. Yes. Good job, sir. And they're not only doing a Shrek film, they're also doing a spin-off of another Shrek character. Which Shrek character is it? Um, Person Boots? Yes. Yeah. Well done. Nice one. Rounded so, off with a positive. 4-3 in the end? Yeah, 4-3. Not bad. Yeah, quite close. Quite close to use trivia row. You know, we, we talk about some pretty cool stuff. Um, but trying to, like, bloody hell, like when you were saying things that were from week 10, trying to actually remember that. I know. If, if it's not an update on the Joker movie or an update on how much of a dickhead Alec Baldwin is, <laughs> like, it's just not still in my yeah, head. I know. Like some of this stuff just goes right past me. It's like, you know, unless it's something... We've had some cool things, though. Like, for example, when I was talking about the um, Shazam film, we talked about that in week seven, and we we were just finding out who the cast were. And we've now seen two trailers to it. We've discussed it more and more. And we've also seen a rise in the DC calendar of mm. film releases. Like, and that's only in six months. Well, episode nine, we t- I talked about Robert Redford's his last film being The Old Man and the Gun, which we then saw. Um, and we were like, oh, I don't know, really know Robert Redford from a lot of stuff, but like, I'm interested to see that movie. It'd be cool to see it coming out. Yeah. I think you said it was like, I'd love to see that and King of Thieves together. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we wanted to see The Old Man and the Gun. 
at the London Film Festival. We didn't get tickets in the end because it was about 28 quid. And we were thinking, oh, really? Oh, but it's know. really weird. Like in 26 weeks, it, you have so, there's so much time that has actually passed that all these films that we were talking about in the news are now becoming possibilities. And things change, like The Joker being a Martin Scorsese film and now Todd Phillips' film. And then, and then there's been pictures released from sets. And then you've got all the casting news. Um, yeah. And then Alec Baldwin is constantly being a dick. Um, <laughs> and, we've, and we've also we talked last week about the um, or a half week ago if we're being cheeky um, we talked about the Disney films man like in the time we've been doing this podcast we've seen rumours of a Dumbo film and that has now changed into full Dumbo trailers mm. Aladdin teaser trailer Lion King teaser trailer and confirmation that Guillermo del Toro is going to do Pinocchio. Pinocchio, yeah. Like we, we, we've That's seen a, a question lot. I would have got. Yeah, mate, we've seen, a, <laughs> we've seen a lot of cool stuff happen. And, you know, you can give Disney stick all you want, but they're doing some, they're doing some pretty impressive stuff. Um, I mean, consolations, mate. Like, we can't both win the news know, trivia round. I know, I um, know. It's a shame. I know you do pride yourself on being the more intelligent one out of the two of us. Oh, just bollocks. Just bollocks. <laughs> Don't even try that, Jake. I mean, hey, none Will, of it. Well, Will, cheer up, mate. We're having a party. We're having a party. Um, most savage critic Ooh, yes. quotes. Now, we have been doing critic quote awards. They've been our bread and butter. Yay, um, since its inception. Have we been doing it since solo? We have. We, we have. We, we have been doing critic quote awards since the beginning of the podcast. It's become a real staple for the 52. Yep. 52 clan, 52 crew, um, where we take the what we think is the most accurate description of a film by a reviewer and we give their opinion, their kind of couple of sentences. We also take the most savage review. So, like, if it's a film that we love, the most unnecessary review possible, or if it's a film we really don't like, the funniest possible review. Um, we used to do funniest critic quote award, but we realised that with films like Hereditary and... You know, uh, you would never really hear it wasn't really working, so we didn't do it. We stopped doing that, and we decided to do uh, best moment instead. But as we said earlier, we've reviewed thirty-four films. Mm. We've come across some pretty sick burns. Sick burns. We've come across some pretty like we, some absolute brutality, mate. Some brutal yeah there are brutal there are, quotes there are there are there are quotes that really like rock your system like and some of them are like funnily bad and some of them are just savage some of them are just like jesus christ like you are gonna die alone level critic. <laughs> like, yeah exactly they are horrible um but me and will have both kind of whittled this down to our four most kind of relentless quotes um from our kind of weeks of reviewing films and we thought we would share them with you because some of these are just like they are they are unreal. I know, man. Like I, I I simultaneously wish I could write like these guys and also lament them for being so horrible. Correct. Um do you want to hit us with your first most savage quote? Yep. Uh this is from um our the Venom. I've done it in not like a podcast order. Okay. Um my first one is from Venom. Uh when we it's did very unprofessional of you, but Shut all right, up. Cool. Shut up. <laughs> now. Um it's from Scott Menzel from We Live Entertainment. Um and he said about Venom, the reason why Venom doesn't work isn't due to the PG thirteen rating, but because the film is an absolute train wreck. <laughs> it's to the point. To the point. Clear, Bang. concise. Oh, very nice. This film that is not register, good. register on an audio platform. I love it. Um, yeah, so what's your first one? Uh, my first is from Solo, actually. Oh, 
yeah, it's inception. This was one of the uh, the first Savage quotes we we saw. I think this was actually one of the funniest quotes, not the Savage one. Uh, this was from the San Diego Reader, a guy called Matthew Lacona. Oh, Matthew. And he said, young Han can only watch helplessly as the gravity of the Star Wars children's crusade overwhelms him and the wondrous fun run gives way to a joyless slog that undermines the heroism of A New Hope even as it seeks to foreshadow it. Wow. How mind-blowingly like, effective is that? Like, If you don't like the solo Star Wars story, he has explained that like down to a fucking T. Correct. Like that is the way you're going to view that film, which I think is massively unnecessary. But my God, what a great way of explaining it! I know the Star Wars Children's Crusade. It's beautiful. It's beautifully savage. Um, my second one is from Mission Impossible Fallout. Very quick, very simple, very snappy. All right, um, all right, like all right. I like that. It's from Tony Macklin from TonyMacklin.net, and he just says, "IMF is what WTF?" Because IMF is the name of their. Uh... Yes, it's not the International Monetary Fund, um, which people could get confused with. Um, it was, I don't know what this, it stands for. Do you know what it stands for? International Mission... Impossible Missions Force, isn't it? Nice. Or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, sound, that sounds about accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that works. I think that makes sense. So my next uh, savage quote, I think this one is the most kind of... I don't know. This, is, uh, this, this one is just on another level. Um, it was Ocean's 8... And it was a guy called David Jenkins from Little White Lies. And he said, here, the peril levels are perhaps equivalent to crossing a quiet suburban street at 4am in the morning. It's less like a heist, more like a group of well-dressed people carrying out their daily thrill-neutral affairs. This is unfortunate, as it feels like Ross hasn't got the guts to give his characters flaws lest it appear as if he is somehow tainting this clutch of strong, empowered women. In this respect, it not only comes across as a story that's completely lacking in drama, but one that is lacking in human characters. In their place are immaculately sculpted mannequins who glide through the motions and stumble into success. Ooh. God. That's so, it's so, so urbane and beautifully worded. It's just, like, just so savage! It, it's so aggressive, <laughs> so aggressive, but it's like it's so backhanded. Well, yeah, it literally it falls you into a full sense of cute, um, like security by just being so so savage and like punching you in the face, um, with with words, punching you in the face with words, the best kind of punching you in the face, um, as you can, the best kind of punching you in the face. I'm drunk. <laughs> I've decided now is the time to reveal. That I'm drunk. Um, my <laughs> my third one is from Richard von Busack from the North Bay Bohemian, and this is for you were never really here, which is a, a film that we love. Yeah, we um, really do. Director Lynn Ramsey cuts away anything thrilling or even compelling. It's a vigilante movie so aestheticized that it loses energy. Favorite bit: knuckle sandwiches with the crusts cut off, served on a doily. What's a doily? It's one. It's the thing where you serve like um. It's like crocheted. <laughs> It's the thing where, like, you serve. I would laugh, being, but I don't know what you're referring being to. Being served on a doily is like, um, oh, how can I describe it? You put it on top of a, t on top of a um, teapot as to keep it hot and it lo looks really nice. It's like a netting. It's like a small white netting. Have you ever seen a doily? No. No? No, I don't think so. 
Oh well, then that's well. I think it's quite it's quite a repulsive word, in my opinion. Doily, yeah, doily, doily. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, I also have one from you and everybody here. It was actually my alternative, my foil to your savage quote, my my savagery to your savagery. Um, It's from again the San Diego Reader. They just seem to be like rebels without a cause. Is it is it Matthew Lahona again? It's not. It's Scott Marks. Oh, Scott. Oh, Scotty. Scotty. Um, he said. Phoenix, the mumbling master of smug self-indulgence, dons another layer of Emperor's New Duds to favour us with a performance as subtle as a fart in a sardine elevator and twice as odiferous. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's absolutely stunning. It's unreal. Like, who thinks like that, man? I know, I know. But these people, these people know what they're talking about, or do they? But they know, but they know how to write. They really do. Um, my last one. Um, sad we're coming to the end of it because I love the savagery um, love the shade um, <laughs> Colin Covert from the Minneapolis Star Tribune this is from Ocean's 8 um, and it says largely devoid of wit thrills and any reason for being it is dumb fun minus the fun dumb fun minus the fun yep. dumb fun minus so it's fun dumb. just dumb just purely dumb I think that's what you're trying to put across it's dumb See, I we enjoyed Ocean's Eight, but we admitted in our episode that it wasn't very good. It wasn't anywhere near as good as it could have been. And the, char- the characters motivate like the actors, the actresses in the film were brilliant and they worked really well together, but the motivations of the actual characters were so flawed it was unreal. And Kate Blanchett got nothing. Yeah. No, nothing at all. Really, really bad. Um my final savage quote of the half year Mm. that we've been doing this um is in the tag episode and it comes from john winkler of the young folk winky winky (laughs) winky old boy winky to us because we know Um, him so well and he said as flavorless and limp as a soggy chip Mm. at the bottom of a plate of nachos oh like potato chip i was like why would you find a chip at the end of the bottom of nachos okay um yeah I can see that. Um, I suppose the salsa and the guacamole gets nachos, nachos soggy. Can't believe I'm discussing how nachos get soggy. How do nachos get soggy? Just the guacamole much... and the salsa, mate. But why the fuck would you complain if you had excess what, amounts of guacamole and salsa? What you need is it to be still rich enough that you can hold up and not fall apart. But so the end dips, like in pizza, where if you make a good pizza you're supposed the to have tip the, bends, the tip the bends but the rest re- solid correct oh god now i fucking want some nachos <laughs> oh i'm craving some nachos um out of the four that you just read do you think there's one that you think takes the crowning um savagery my favorite one is probably the last one i wrote largely devoid of wit thrills and any reason for being any reason for being is just so strong it's pretty horrible isn't it i think my favorite is um the fart in a sardine elevator and twice as odiferous yeah i I, I don't see how anyone can review a film especially you would ever really hear in that in that way i know mate it's um it's unreal Savage. I actually looked up his review and he's got a lot of hate for it. There are a lot of people online that were like, oh, fuck off, you wanker. Like, we're never going to read the San Diego Reader again. It's your fault. Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he, he, wow. like that wasn't taken well. Citizens of San Diego, re- listen to the 52 week film project. Yeah, we've Don't got, go we've to got San Diego Chronicle. Yeah. We've got your backs. Um, 
we actually took the time to note down all of the ratings we've given films yes. over the last six months um, with a view to discussing briefly what we've reviewed as the best movies we've seen and also the worst movies we've seen. But also, we had a look through what we reviewed things and we realised today that there are some things that we just made some poor judgement calls on. Yep. So we wanted to correct slash rediscuss some of these to see if we can kind of, you know, maybe we weren't really thinking in our right analytical minds at the time that we gave them these ratings. Correct. And maybe we should amend them. Um, so the best films... Well, off the top of your head, what do you think was the best film that we reviewed without having a look? Oh, well, I'm, I'm on the... On oh, have you already seen it? Well, I knew anyway. Um, oh, right, Because okay. I, right. I did them earlier. But, well, then, um, the, 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 let's not play the guessing game then. So the um, for people who are interested, who have been listening to us for a while, the number one spot for highest rated film by me and Will um, is a joint first between You Were Never Really Here mm-hmm. and A Star Is Born. Now, one of those films didn't strictly come out this year and has been out for a while. You were yep. never really here. And one of them did come out this year, A Star Is Born, and we watched it in the cinema, and it was one of the most impressive experiences we've had since starting this podcast. Yep. Um, we gave them both a 9 out of 10. Um, I wholly think they deserve that. Correct. I think they were both fantastic, fantastic films that both moved me they were incredible. for a long time afterwards as well. Um, yeah, they were absolutely incredible. So and, good. And for me, A Star Is Born was such a it was such a lesson in how films nowadays are trying so hard to be over the top and different and complicated and have all these different storylines weaving together. And A Star Is Born was quite a straightforward, almost dare I say, done to death storyline. Yes, but it was kind of held in such high regard by its truly impressive, like individual acting performances. Um, and it, it was kind of a, it was a real lesson in how you don't have to have the most original story to have some of the best acting you've ever seen on screen. Correct. Um, so they were both they were both absolutely incredible. And so the highest ratings we've given films in the in the last six months is nine out of ten. We've never given anything a nine point five. Will really? No, nope, we've never given a nine point five. We've never given a ten. Um, the next highest rated film was American Animals. Which we both rated eight point five out of ten. Again, I think completely warranted. It was a screen unseen. We were not expecting it. We did not know what we were going to watch, and that was the. I would say that is the surprise hit of the last six months of reviewing. Yeah, mate. That was a really, really impressive film that we'd seen sort of odd bits and bobs about, but didn't really know anything about, and I think that played in its favour. Like, we didn't go into that movie knowing what we were going to watch. Correct. And it really was. We were at the mercy of the storytelling. And that was that was really impressive. Um, our third highest rated film slot is a tie between Tag, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, and Maniac, the one TV series She's that we have maniac, reviewed. Maniac. Great song. <laughs> um, now, we gave Tag an 8 out of 10 each. Now, I'm not saying that Tag isn't a good film. No. It's a very funny film. However, I think that that was a bad decision. Correct. We have not really rated much else that highly. Some films, I would say, arguably, are considerably better than Tag. 
for example, Black Klansman, but we gave Black Klansman, I gave it a seven, you gave it a 7.5. Um, searching, I gave a seven, you gave an eight. Um, loving Vincent, I gave a seven, you gave a 6.5. Now, I don't think th- those three films, I think, are all better than Tag. I would contend Loving Vincent. For me, I remember not liking Loving Vincent as much as you at the time. But yes, I think when we watched Tag, we were so in need of watching a good comedy because we'd yeah, done so yeah, many... so true. So, and Ocean's 8 was the week before. We wanted that to be a successful laugh riot comedy. Yeah. We were desperate for something that was going to make us laugh. And Tag is fantastic, but it's not the most fantastically technical film ever. And it's not something that stays with us. And 8 is something that... Um, it's got more than just comedy. It's, it's heartwarming and et cetera. And Tag is just a very funny comedy. And it is one of the better comedies I've I've seen in a long while, but it's not better than the highest rated comedies I've ever seen. Um, we've we watched um, Sorry to Bother You um, the, recently. Um, oh, you bring spoiler, it up. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, sneak preview of sneak, next week. I know, right? Um, and... I just felt some of the bits in that were infinitely more funny than mm-hmm. a lot of the things in Tag. But and I but I don't know if I'm going to rate that at 8 yet because 8 is so high. Um, yeah, Tag. If we were going to re-rate Tag, what would you give it? I'd give it a 6.5. I'd give it a 7. So I'd okay. still be generous with it, right. but it's not All an 8. Right. All right. See, I think that's fair. I think we were... You are right. I mean, the films we watched in the run-up to Tag were Solo, which isn't a comedy... Batman Ninja, which is ridiculous, but again, isn't a comedy. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and we don't really want to go there. That was one of the worst films we've watched. Hereditary, which was terrifying. Ocean's 8, which could and should have been a comedy, but just wasn't funny enough. So by the time we got to tag in week six, we were so ready for like a balls-to-the-wall, strange comedy film that when this Hangover-esque remake came along, we were just so ready for it, weren't we? Yeah, completely. Completely, completely. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I... But I do think that we rated it too highly. Yes, I think it's... Uh, Tag is Tag is one of those films and that we rated too highly. I, I think that's true. And I but can't think of anything else to say about it. If we go, <laughs> if we go on to... <coughs> The worst films we have reviewed in the last six months. <clears throat> Aside from Sin City, which we've just reviewed, the worst film we have seen in the first six months of the 52-week film project was Aquarella. <laughs> Aquarella. <laughs> I can't laughing. <laughs> just <laughs> laughing at the concept of Aquarella. All of a sudden, it started pouring with rain outside. It's like the it's Aquarella. the power of water. <laughs> <laughs> the power of water has come to piss us off again. <laughs> Um, Aquarella was just a load of bollocks. If I'm honest, it was um, it was fucking rubbish. Uh, when we lis- when we listened back to the London Film Festival episode, um, it transpired that Will gave Aquarella a three out of ten, and I refused to give it a rating. <laughs> um, so that is categorically the worst film we've ever seen. Correct. In the last six months, the second lowest film we've rated is The Meg. The we both Meg. We, the Meg. <laughs> we rated that three out of ten each 
Because let's be honest, that film was dreadful. It could have been so much better than it was, and Correct. it just wasn't. It also tried towards the last half of the film. It tried to shoehorn itself into appealing to a Chinese market, which just made it really weird and really disjointed. Um, just a dreadful film on all accounts. If they do a remake, because it was commercially successful, they'll probably do a sequel. I just want them to have the balls to make it more violent and actually show some blood. Yeah, um, because that was the problem with it for me. It wasn't gory, and it should be gory. It should really be gory. Um, joint third worst films we've seen is Widows and A Simple Favour. Now, A Simple Favour, I would... do I Would I weight it higher or would I weight it lower? I, I, I don't know. I, don't I know. liked A Simple Favour... It was very interesting in the first half with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, but it became very boring very quickly. Yeah. And it became more and more apparent that it was a Gone Girl knockoff. That just I think that's probably why it annoyed quite me. Do it yeah. for me. It wasn't, it, it, it was marketed as something that was Gone Girl like and a bit odd and crazy. And it wasn't that. That's the thing with it. Yeah. No, I agree. And Widows was, if I'm honest, the biggest disappointment of the last six months for me. Widows looked like, you know, Steve McQueen, 12 Years a Slave. It could and should have been one of the best films of the year, especially with the ensemble cast that it had. Um, and it has been reviewed as such. There's, there has been some criticism, which has been, you know, fairly large, actually. But the overwhelming majority of critics decided they really liked this film. Mm. I thought it was so generic so basic none of the characters were particularly likable and none of the motivations were really understood yeah um so that was the biggest shock for me i think out of the time we've spent reviewing widows was that film that i thought could have been one of the best films we've reviewed and it just wasn't it frankly wasn't good enough um and then joint fourth for worst films is the grinch and venom which I find interesting because they're two films that I both I, I kind of care about. I enjoyed The Grinch. It was fun. It wasn't great. It they were, really, really wasn't great. They were bad great. films that we both enjoyed, but I feel like we put our podcasting hats on, as we do, our special podcasting hats, yep. and thought, no, okay, as films, they are bad, but as in as things to watch, we both really enjoyed them. Yeah. And we enjoyed their, their crapness in a way. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um... And so there you have it. The worst films we have reviewed in the last six months, Aquarella, The Meg, Widows, A Simple Favour. The best films we've reviewed, You Were Never Really Here, A Star Is Born, American Animals, Tag and Teen Titans. Mm. Do you think that in the next six months we will see a film that we decide to rate higher than a 9 out of 10? No. Do you not think so? I can't, looking at the film layout coming up, I think maybe towards the end of the year in December, December, but not by May, I think, that those two well, films are so good. Maybe The Favourite. Maybe that, that to me... The Yorgos Lanthimos one. Yeah, that, maybe that to me will maybe be something up there. But that could well, also flop. All right, so what would you say, if, if we're looking ahead to the next six months, the second half of the 52-week film project, if you were. Yep. Um, up until about May time, what would you say are the films that you're most excited for slash you think you will review the highest? 
Um, I think that I will review review the highest is um, difficult. I don't know what I'm going to judge it. Right, the ones right, I'm right, most let, excited let for. Me, let me rephrase it then. What films do you think will be some of the best films we see in the next six months? And which ones do you think are films that are going, like big films coming out that you think are just going to tank and aren't going to be very good? Okay. Um, Let's do that. Well, in terms of the best films that I personally am going to see, I'm very excited about three. Now, they're not like, two of them are not very, I'm probably not going to be very critically adored and etc. But I think for my personal benefit, I'm going to love them. Lego Film 2. Yes. It's got a really, yes. yes. It's got a really, really good um, trailer behind it. I like the humour. I'm worried that Philip, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are not there because they were the director of the first film. Oh, were they? The, the, the yeah. 22 Jump Street guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the Mike... ex-solo guys. Yes, very true. Um, Mike Mitchell and Trisha Gum are going to co-direct this film. This worries me slightly, but then I watched the trailer recently and I was like, it's still got the anarchic charm. Um, and I just love that they've so the the, the 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 ensemble cast of this is like Jonah Hill as Green Lantern reprising and Channing Tatum as Superman, but then also the new cast like Nick Offerman as Metalhead and Harley Quinn um, being played by Margot Robbie, which is a crossover from a Suicide Squad thing. I like that. I think it, like this film has a kind of metaness about it. Like the mm. film is called Lego Film like Lego Movie Two: The Second Part. Like that's funny in itself. So I just can't wait for it. Second film I'm very excited for, The Favourite. Very excited for The Favourite. It's got some of... Olivia Coleman is one of my favourite actresses. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just because she just... She's phenomenal, man. She she's just so presents so well. She's so interesting. I love uh, Graham Norton. She's always doing great stuff on it. Um, I also like the director. Um, he's the director of it, the guy who did The Lobster. I remember watching The Lobster with you and being like, this is a crazy film. But it's so interesting because we've I've watched The Lobster a couple of times. One of those times was with you and our housemates at uni. Yeah. And me and you thought it was a brilliant film, really, really enjoyed it. A lot of other people that we watched that film with were like, oh God, like this was fucking shit. Like, I don't know why people enjoyed it. So John, our housemate, hated it. He ha absolutely hates he, every and, moment and of I, it. To this day, I still haven't managed to glean from him why he hated it. He just decided, I really don't like this film. Um, he's a very polarising director, um, and I think he will be very interesting, especially with The Favourite. I mean, you've got Rachel Weisz, Olivia Colman, and Emma Stone playing um, like in like a dystopian kind of... Uh, Downton Abbey, they're playing like female monarchs, right? That are kind of incredibly wealthy and kind of bored out of their minds being confined to their royal houses so they just fuck around it's kind of the concept i got from the trailer um yeah. but you know i don't know we'll see where that goes so that was your second one what was your was third your most exciting? my third one is very excitingly um which we brought up early on shazam yeah. Okay. Um, All right. When's it out? April. Fifth of April. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be just. It'll be like a month before we finish. I think it'll uh, be Shazam a month after Captain Marvel and a month before Avengers Four. Yes, and Avengers Four I'm excited about. But I think the Shazam trailer <sighs> looks really exciting. The director. This is his first like. The the films that he's directed recently have been horror films, um, like Annabelle Creation, Lights Out. Really? Um, yeah. It was really in interesting. An odd choice to pick him as director, but. I, watching the trailer of that, I really liked its um, sort of pop art kind of feel. Like, I know that sounds a bit pretentious, but like, it's so colourful and so bright. And they've got really good ensemble cast. I love Digimon Honsu as the wizards. I love the fact that Dwayne's going to be... Did you just Black say Adam. Digimon? Digimon. <laughs> Digimon? Digimon? Digimon. It's, it's, it's French origin. Digimon. 
Um, yes, and I loved him in Blood Diamond. Um, um, he's wonderful in that film. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it. So those are my three. Those All are right. definitely my three. So my films that I'm really excited about for the next six months, I'm really excited for If Beale Street Could Talk, which is the Barry Jenkins film. Um, we were really hoping to see that at the London Film Festival and tickets just went like that. Like, they just sold out. Um, it's not due out in the UK until January now. It's been pushed back. Um, but, you know, Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight, it's it's going to be sensational. Yeah, like, it, it will be a really, really, really good film. Um, I'm excited for Vice, which is the one... Oh, you, yes, you, the you, Adam McKay one. Yeah. yeah, so you brought this to our attention. It's directed by the guy who did The Big Short, yeah. and it's starring Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney and Sam Rockwell playing George W. Bush. Um, and they've made it quite clear that this is going to be a comedy, a political comedy. Um, it's not trying to be serious. It's trying to be very tongue in cheek. Um, I think that'll be really interesting. That's out in Christmas time. <clears throat> that'll be really, really cool. Um, Dumbo. Dumbo looks awesome. I just, uh, I mean, Tim Burton doing a live action Dumbo film, which includes Colin Farrell, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, like I love the fact that it's Michael, just Ke- Michael incredible. Keaton, I love the fact that Danny DeVito is playing a pseudo good bad guy, but he's a but kind of a good guy at the beginning, and then Michael Keaton is playing a bad guy. Imagine the, because imagine, that's the reverse of the dark of yeah. the, the Batman film. Well, imagine just imagine being shooting a film in 2017 and having shot a film in like 1983, which was Michael Keaton playing Batman, Danny DeVito playing the Penguin, and now. Fucking thirty something years later, you're again playing two primary characters in another motion picture. Yeah, I, I, like that's insane. The conversations they must have on set, like either they fucking hate each other or they fucking adore each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. there's got to be no in between. Um, that is just fascinating, isn't it? Absolutely fascinating. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about Hellboy. The Hellboy reboot comes out in April. Um, the reason I care about it so much is because David Harbour is taking on the role. He's taking it off Ron Perlman, who did it in the original two films. David Harbour is the guy who plays Lieutenant Hopper, Jim Hopper in Stranger oh, Things. Yeah. Um, but also, the reason I care about it the most is because on the original two films, Mike Magnolia, who is the creator of Hellboy, the original writer, um, he was on board as a like producer but he didn't have a lot of involvement. And in this film, he is either director or executive producer. And he is like really, really the big emphasis on this new film is bringing it back to the original comic series. And the villain is going to be the Blood Queen, who is like a, a well-known Hellboy nemesis, uh, played by Mila Jovovich, who is the woman who heads up the Resident Evil franchise. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Don't know anything else that she's done, but she's fucking good <laughs> in those. Well, she's fun. She's fun and like a badass bitch. You know my badass bitch scale. She is a that. badass bitch. She's 100% a badass bitch. Um, so I'm really excited about them, man. Beale Street could talk, Vice, Dumbo and Hellboy. Nice. nice. Uh, John, good film. John Wick 3 is going to be out at some point. Do you know what we haven't mentioned? And I'm fucking excited about that as well. Do you know what we haven't mentioned? What haven't we mentioned? I know this is probably not coming out in the remit of the podcast, but just generally, we probably should have mentioned it. Todd Phillips Joker film. Oh, but yeah, but that's due out in October. Yeah, 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 but like, I'm just, just, Mate, just that'll as be a... 52 weeks from 
film project season two. Season That'd be like two. <laughs> week 87 or some shit. We, oh my God, week 87. Oh my God. Can't gonna, even imagine we'll that. Be there, we'll be there one day. <laughs> oh my, my God. Memory. Okay, so before we wrap up for the evening, what films would you say are coming out in the next six months that we might review that you think are going to tank? Yep. Are going to be really fucking bad? I have two. I don't. I don't have. I think you've got three. I've got two. Um, I couldn't I have find three. I have three. I couldn't find a, a good enough third one because I'm just a positive person. Um, my first one coming out on February the fourteenth is the Dark Phoenix film. I do not think that this film is going to going to work. It's directed by Simon Kinberg. It's his first directing credit. Um, he wrote Days of Future Past. He wrote Apocalypse. Um, this means war. Did you ever see that? That film with... Um, oh, my God. Tom Hardy and yes, Chris yes, Pine. Yes, What the fuck? This is a weird film, man. I have seen that. Yeah, it's a, I saw it at the cinema. I don't know why I saw it at the cinema, but I saw it at the cinema. But you it's about two, two secret agents that are trying to win over a girl. Yep, yep. Terrible. Yeah, terrible film, isn't it? Um, and I've seen the trailer, and I do not buy, and I'm just going to call it this because I can't remember her real name. Um, Sophie Turner. I do remember her name, real name, but Sandra Stark. I just don't see her... As Jean Grey, didn't watch Apocalypse, but from what the critic, I've just sorry, I just burped in the microphone because I'm drunk. <laughs> so gross. Um, from what I've seen of it, um, Jean Grey is wooden, and she doesn't have the American accent down at all. And the whole film centering around her. And I've seen the, the the trailers that come out. It just seems like this X Men reboot is starting to run out of steam. I'm bored of it. I just want. I wanted them to finish at Apocalypse and then start off like the new the new mutant stuff. Perfect. Even though I know it's gone through production hell, but like that's a new way of bringing in the X Men that does or, or um, new mutants that doesn't have to be this prequel idea. I'm bored of this prequel idea now. Like yeah. it was fine yeah, for yeah, a couple yeah. I of agree. films. I agree. Like it I, for me, it peaked to Days of Future Past. I love that film. I, I think it's. Great. I didn't watch Apocalypse, but I was told it was really bad. Yeah, and I'm the same. I'd one. like to watch it because I care about the X Men, and I want to form my own opinion. But mm. by all accounts, I think Apocalypse tried to do a Thanos-like villain before Infinity War, and didn't really succeed. Correct. Correct. Have um, you seen it? Um, I was going to see. <laughs> correct. It. No, but correct. No, but I've seen or I, what I saw, which is t terrible. I know this is the cardinal sin of film reviewers. Is the last fight scene, and just by that last fight scene, I knew that I want. I would hate that film because all flash, no substance. All like big meta. All way too much CGI, and not enough substance for the characters. And it it the four horsemen of the apocalypse rubbish as well with Magneto being one of them. Is such a shame. And I think I, I don't want to see it because my favourite X-Men of all time is Psylocke. She's, um, I can't remember the name of her, but in the comic, she's she's the sister of Captain Britain. Um, she originally is a is a telepath with telekinetic powers. Right. But halfway through her comic book run, she her body dies. But because she's got some telekinetic and telepathic powers, she transforms her consciousness into a different... Betty Braddock, yes. Um, she tra <laughs> yes. um, she transfers her consciousness into another person's body and becomes this katana-wielding badass. And she's the, one of the best comic book designs, I think. The way that her telekinetic, telekinetic powers manifest in this beautiful purple light with a purple sword um, made out of pure energy. And it's wonderful. And it just seems like Olivia Munn, who did, who did the role, 
Um, she was good in it, but gave the character nothing. It's like what, how they used Gambit in the X-Men Origins film, with the way they wasted the opportunity. Oh, God, to, yeah. Uh, wasted the opportunity. And because of that, I, I, I don't want to watch the film. Um, that's my first one. Went on a bit of a rant about Dark Phoenix. But that's what I do. Um, and then my second one, I don't know if you've seen this, the trailer for What Men Want. What's, what, what is that? Um, it's a film featuring Tiffany Haddish. I don't know if you... She's been in a lot of films recently. Um, she's starred against... Starred um, with Kevin Hart in a couple starred of films. Starred against. Starred against. Yeah, a, um, anyone who works with Kevin Hart is starring <laughs> against him, 100%. Um, and she's in a film where it's a, it's a post... It's, it's the worst case scenario of post Me Too, where <clears throat> it's a film, film where... Um, Based on a based on a film, a Mel Gibson film in two thousand of What Women Want, um, which was a commercial success at the time, um, it's a film where Tiffany Haddish is a running exec but wants to get promotion, where it's give, it's given to her male counterpart. She then goes clubbing and like um, the Amy Schumer comedy I Feel Pretty, where she knocks hits her head and then she everyone thinks she's the most beautiful woman in the world. She hits her head and then suddenly can um, hear all of men's thoughts. But then if you've watched the trailer, all of the men's thought is that, oh, your bum looks great. I want to pinch that ass. It's awful. And um, I was looking at the YouTube comments and this guy called Sam Denver, shout out Sam Denver, because he perfectly um, told you what, told, like... Dressed it down. Dressed it down. It says, the original What Women Want portrayed the protagonist, a man who can't read women's minds as a sexist in need of rehabilitation. Now in this movie, the female protagonist can read men's minds. And guess what? Men are all sexist and in need of rehabilitation. If the negative gender stereotypes were swapped in both these movies, feminists everywhere would be protesting, and you know it. Double standards and hypocrisy. And and underneath that, there's a... um, The whole comment section is men posting. What men really want is, like... The, all, and all these different funny anecdotes about what men really want it has nothing to do with women. It's all these sort of like classic <laughs> bloke stereotypes. Like, uh, what it, men really want is to play FIFA 19. Exactly, on the exactly. Like it's like classic male stereotypes, but they are male stereotypes that ring true. Not what men really want is to look at a woman like she's a piece of meat, which is essentially what this film suggests. Interesting. So I am disgusted by the concept of it, and I think it's going to bomb. Okay, and what's your final? Like, I know I've only got two. I, oh, said, two? I, I focus too much okay. on Dark right. Phoenix and these ones because I was like so, I was so angry. <laughs> There's a lot of hate here, Will. I'm worried about but you. It's man. a party. So, <laughs> it's party. It's a party. Um, I have three films that I think we're going to review in the next six months, and I think are actually going to be rubbish. Um, the first one is Bumblebee. Mm. Um, now we've spoken about how you know we, you mentioned it earlier we've kind of learned a lot from the Michael Bay Transformers films in terms of narrative storytelling especially in like chopping and changing in action sequences I just think the Bumblebee spin-off is something that no one asked for no one really cares about and isn't going to be very good yeah um, I don't know why it's happening uh, it's got a tremendous budget behind it it's got some fairly good marketing behind it, but I just still don't get why it's happening. I also don't think that the Bumblebee that they have in this film is the most endearing version of Bumblebee that I've seen. There's been so many better um, versions. Yeah, like he, he could be more captivating um, and just isn't uh, from what I've seen of the trailers. Uh, so I, th- I think that the Bumblebee film is going to be rubbish. Um, 
I think that Rocket Man is going to be really bad. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. Obviously, after Bohemian Rhapsody came out, there's kind of a lot of hype around these like big live retellings of our some of our greatest musicians of our time. What did you think? Sorry to interrupt, but what did you think of the John Lewis advert featuring Elton John? Oh, interesting. So, I mean, I I'm not a purist. I don't really care either way. Um, as to kind of what the John Lewis advert does. They can do what they want with their adverts. However, what I would say is from an outsider perspective of someone that doesn't really care that much, I've seen the John Lewis adverts change from being quite independent and quite um, sweet and not really pushing any kind of agenda to all of a sudden in the beginning of the drumming up of hype for this Elton John film Rocket Man doing a Christmas advert based around Elton John himself and using footage from the upcoming film. Um, I thought it was cheap and I didn't really see why they did it. Maybe it was a saving costs scenario, but I get the hate that it's getting. I think people are kind of flying off the handle about it unnecessarily. At the end of the day, they're a private company. They can do what they want. Mm. But I just do think it cheapens the message like people really care about the john lewis christmas advert and i get why because if you look back historically they've had they've come up with some of the most original ideas and they really are beautiful this one for me if you like elton john great if you don't really like him you're not you like you're instantly not going to enjoy the john lewis christmas advert for 2018 and i just don't think that it was right for them to divide people that much um, but then, you know, it's not a fucking war crime, is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> do what they want. Uh, I just think this, I love Taron Edgerton, who's going to be playing Elton John. I love the story about how he was cast in this film because they all got pissed at the wrap up party of Kingsman two, which Elton John had a cameo in and people were goading Taron Edgerton to sing Elton John songs in front of the man himself. And he did. And the right people saw it happen and went, fuck it, let's make this happen. Wow. El- Elton's want to do, wanted to do this film for a long time. Let's do it with Taron. Um, I love all of that, but I just don't think the film will be very good. Mm. Um, it doesn't look... like I think that with Elton John, the film even needs to be quite a high rating and be quite raunchy and quite like, you know, just fucking go there with kind of the extremities of what he's done in his life. Or it's going to run the risk of being a bit of a PG walk in the park like Bohemian Rhapsody was. Correct. So we'll um, see, the, we'll the, see. I think the best Taron Edgerton project with El- concerning Elton John, because he's done something before, is the film Sing, which I don't. I know that you've not seen. We talked about it the other day, the animated, it's Illumination Entertainment. Um, Taron Edgerton plays a gorilla who's, um, without spoiling too much, his father, um, he... Um, is a gorilla bank robber and he's got a gorilla gang and all Taron Edgerton wants to do is get away from the family and sing um, in this, ta- this this talent show put across and he sings in this talent show and his father is watching in prison from a bank job that's gone wrong and he starts playing on the piano I'm Still Standing um, and I've never seen the like before like it's the, his, his father like loves it do you want to? Do you want any? Are you going to see Sing? I want to watch Sing. Okay, so no, don't I'm, not spoil gonna, it. I'm not going to spoil it. No, it's, but like, I've been it's told it's a good role. It's beautiful. It's 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 really it's the best Taron Edgerton has ever been. Hopefully, Robin Hood will change that. 
but well, I've heard Robin Hood's got shit reviews. I mean, we don't plan to review it on the project, but yeah, it's not been doing well. Project. On the projects. On the projects. <laughs> up next on the project. I know. Um, up next on the Bachelor. <laughs> uh, Interesting. Right, we'll go with final that. final film that I think is going to tank in the next six months that we will review, and this is a controversial one, and I know you're going to disagree with me. I don't think that Captain Marvel is going to be very good. I just, from the trailer we've seen so far, I like Brie Larson a lot. I think she's a great actress. You love the room, don't you? I, I I read the book and I loved it. I think that she is terrific in the film, but the book's better. Oh, okay. Um, I like her in general. She's a likable actress. Um, she's quite believable in everything that she does. I don't think it's anything to do with her. I just don't think the Captain Marvel concept is going to be gripping enough. Mm. I think it's going to play like a bit of a B-movie Captain America series. And it's going to rest too heavily on characters like Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson. And I think for that reason, it's going to be a bit of a retreading and a bit dull. Um, I don't think it's going to do very well. Do you think it's going to explain the quantum realm? Finally? I don't think it's going to no. explain <laughs> as much as people think it's going to explain. I think it's just quite simply... From the trailer, it looks like it's gonna. It's not. It's gonna be caught up so much in its own storyline that I don't really think beyond maybe like five or ten minutes at the end or an end credit cutscene. I don't think it's really going to tie into Avengers Four in this big dramatic yeah. way that everyone thinks it will. I think it literally will introduce Captain Marvel. Might not even show anything linking to Avengers Four, and then just Avengers Four will pick up and she will turn up and be like hi I'm Captain Marvel do you know what I mean like yeah. I don't I everyone's expecting every, when Ant-Man and the Wasp was about to come out everyone was expecting that to have some big bit at the end that explained what was going on with kind of the Thanos click and people disappearing and it didn't really do that it was very very separate and I think that Captain Marvel will also be very very separate except for maybe a cutscene at the end um, and I think everyone is kind of so like determined for it to be that film that bridges the gap. I just don't think it will be. Mm. I'm not saying that she's not going to be an interesting character going forward, but compared to some of the other new entries into the Marvel Avengers universe, for example, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, I just don't think she's going to be as engaging. Yeah, I think we'll see. We'll see. Well, hopefully we're proved wrong and it's a fantastic film that really excites us for the next Avengers film. Um, But I also don't have high hopes for it. I agree with you. And that, I think, Will, brings us to the end of our party. Party. Now, this is the first time we've ever gone beyond two hours, mate. I know, I know. We have been talking... For two hours and nine minutes. Jesus Christ. And there is someone out there that is still listening to us. <laughs> go to bed, you silly yeah, people. Go, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> there must be better things for you to be doing right now. No one has a commute that long. <laughs> no one has a commute. <laughs> um, but thank you very much to anyone that was listening along with us. I you hope guys you had have a, been hope wonderful. You, I hope you had a beer in hand. I hope you were having a laugh. We sure as hell have had a fantastic evening going back and celebrating the last six months of the project. And thank you so, so, so much for showing us so much love over these last 26 weeks. Absolutely. And here's to the next 26. Woo! Woo, woo, woo. 
Um, and with that, we will leave you be. Bid you adieu. Um, we will see you next week for reviews, most likely of Creed 2 and the aforementioned Sorry to Bother You. We should say most likely now, because I'm going back through all the podcasts this week. We promised films and the next week said, um, so this week we've changed our minds, but that's that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. We're going to do go with it. It's fine. So oh. most likely, yes, those two films. Most likely Creed 2, definitely Sorry to Bother You. So stay tuned next week. Um, once again, please drop us a review if you haven't already. Any feedback you got, drop us a message, let us know. Like us on um, Instagram and yeah, Facebook. Stay on touch with us on Instagram and Facebook. And we will see you all next week. 